This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and I have Rich Lotta with me. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Chilling. Um, ready for One Nation Radio. We've got some reviews to do on some big shows uh, this week and uh, some other stuff to get into as well. Um, where do you want to begin? You actually asking me or you already have some like typed up and be like, this is actually where we're going. Cause, oh, you know. I, I don't have anything. All right. So for me, I want to talk about like the NBA real quick and start off with this and then we can move on to the wrestling. Okay, so I don't know which one to go first. Should we go with the Gobert trade? Or should we go with, with Durant? I don't know which ones, which one we should go because I, they tie into both. Like, I guess you just start with Durant. All right, so <clears throat> Durant um, asked for a trade and says that he wants his, you know, with four years left on his deal, and says that he um, that his uh, two top teams on his whatever list he has uh, are the Heat and the Suns. And um, for me, it's like, <laughs> why you say that? Kevin Durant wanting to go to the number one ranked team somewhere. This is what a shock. Was Miami number one ranked team? Yes. Did he have, they did have the one seed. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um. Anyway, uh, so I, it, it's interesting to me because, like, you know, the week before, like, Kyrie or the, the Nets have made, made it known to Kyrie that they weren't they didn't want to give him a long-term extension. And then he, you know, starts floating out stuff about how he want, he's willing to even, you know, just leave out of his option, out of his one-year option for was $36 million and just take a $6 million deal somewhere, presumably the Lakers. And We like, don't believe you. You need more people. Right. And the Nets are like, go. We don't care. Uh, and like Kyrie's also banking on not just his, his, like the leverage of him as a player and his talents. Um, it's that like Durant will then ask for a trade and the word gets out. It was like, yeah, they don't care. Like they, they, they'd rather lose both of them than have to deal with what they deal with, dealt with, with him. Uh, so, uh, he says, all right, you call him a bluff. I'm taking my 36, I'm taking my $36 million. I just, you know, lost out on what? Like seventeen, eighteen million dollars last year because I was on. I was like the only person in the NBA out of four hundred people that didn't want to get vaxxed 
um, or something like that. Maybe there was another person. I just can't remember. But anyway, um, so he's there and they're stuck with him. <laughs> and like nobody and nobody keep on like Kyrie's what 29 or 30 uh, and, and like he's still like very obviously very talented one of the most talented dudes in the league when he plays but the thing is like he doesn't play for whether it's one reason or another it's always something that happens with him why he doesn't show up to work but um like there's no trademark for him as a person that like could be second team all NBA very next season like that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that he just shows up and is like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the fourth best guard or third best guard in the NBA next year. That could absolutely happen. He's talented enough to do it. He just has to show up to work. Um, so like that, it's funny to me. Like there's no trademark for him. No one, no one cares. No one wants to put up with it, with the headache that is him or whatever else. And then Durant is like, uh, he he hasn't talked to or he hadn't talked to Josiah, the owner of the Nets, or to Sean Marks, the, the uh, head of management over at um at, uh, Brooklyn, and like. After all that stuff goes down and and Kyrie take uh take, you know um, goes to his option, uh Durant lets to be known to Joe side like he wants out and like you know who knows what conversation they had before he first got to the Nets but like normally when you know hearing about these these stories with like these star players at this point in the game now is like when it comes to getting traded somewhere or signing on to these big term deals like very similar to Maury and Harden where it's like. A, sign on, and if you want to get out, we'll make we'll accommodate you to get out. And which is why people didn't understand why like Harden got was able to get out of his deal uh, to go to Brooklyn to begin with. But um, so now they're in a situation where it's like they got to blow it up, and like people, ha- I think people are just slow to understand the way the dynamics have changed around the league. For me, where it's like, yeah, blow it up. They can still make the playoffs in two, three years. And I think people still are stuck on the part where, like, if you blow it up, like, you're done for a decade. Yeah. I mean, and I think I think also people think about their draft picks. They say, well, well they, you know, all their draft picks are gone or half of their draft picks are gone. Of course they're going to be done. It was like, nah, man, like, you trade Kevin Durant, you get your draft right back. Like, you're still, you're still Brooklyn, New York. People are going to play for you. Your money still spins somewhere. Um, like maybe you won't be able to get some, or, uh, like depending on how this goes, like if you don't, you know, ruin your rep as far as being able to handle people or whatever on his way out the door, like you start over, you get, you take the draft capital from getting them and then you, you know, you throw money at somebody at a free sticker price. Um, and I just think, you know, obviously, you know, I think there, I think there's a way to separate like, um, how people want to point and laugh at Kevin Durant because like the words just want a title with like what he actually brings to you as like, you know, being at worst, the fourth best player in his league still, um, at 34. So like, it's, it's interesting to see like people like get lost in that because like the words want a title, even though they like, they had the second pick of the draft two years ago and whiffed it. It's like, <laughs> like they rebuilt around that. Like I understand. They rebuilt like, and got healthy. Because, I mean, yeah. Steph Curry, like, did play five games one of the seasons. Yeah, yeah. That's the reason why they had to rebuild. And that's the reason why, like, I like uh, when I was, uh, I think I think the conversation for me was, like, kind of, like, uh, kind of brought to me is, like, why people are so off on, oh, I feel like people are so off on, it's like, Chad had, had said it to me, like, why would anybody want to put up with Kevin Durant? Shit was like, well, what shit did Kevin Durant put, put people up with that was actually his shit? Like, is it, like, 
is his shit actually his shit or is it like really just Kyrie, him not telling Kyrie to knock it the fuck off or get on get on get on the boat or I don't say get on the boat that sounds like slavery like get on like get on the bus or, or I'm gonna ride off without you right like um I'm not saying there's no culpability he has on it as a leader or you know at being the best player on the team or whatever else but I think there's also it's like that dude shows up to work all the time and that dude like plays hard. And then that dude like was exhausted after having a, cause his homeboy didn't show up to work. Um, he should have told his homeboy to show up to work, but whatever. Um, the Nets gave him everything he asked for. I feel no sympathy for Kevin Durant. No. I, I do because like his friend was supposed to hold up his end of the bargain. Like if you're saying that like he shouldn't have picked his friend to begin with, like, well, yeah. Yeah. Like, what about Kyrie Irving shows that he's trustworthy when Kevin Durant on the record is all he wants to do is ball. And he looks like he's following behind Kyrie Irving, who looks like he's not to be trusted, followed, believed in at any stop in his NBA career. Okay. So I would say this up until this point with Kyrie, it was one, why would anybody, why would anybody want to, Play with LeBron James, da, 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 right? And people was people were actually with that, like, well, yeah, he should leave because LeBron's gonna leave Kyrie holding the bag in, in two thousand at the end of two thousand eighteen, and then he's gonna go somewhere, go to the Lakers, and then Kyrie's gonna be stuck on some bad team, and Kyrie's better than that, da 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 da. So he went to the to the clip to the uh, Celtics, right? So then he goes to the Celtics, and then like everyone, and then same thing when um a lot of people. Right, a lot of people that don't like Danny Ainge, don't like Bill Simmons, and the rest of that whole entire media conglomerate faction of Boston area New England guys that cover the Celtics or whatever else, and thought they were they were too hard on Kyrie because they don't like the Celtics to begin with. Right, so you go through all you go through hearing all that stuff. Right, like there's the anti-LeBron camp, there's the anti-Celtics camp, and like people were like, "Well, it's Kyrie, it's KD." They're going to play, and when they play, what do you think is going to happen? The problem is, like, this this whole thing where, like, Kyrie does this, this is a new fucking development. He wasn't doing this. He wasn't doing this with the Celtics or the Cavs, where he just, like, I am, hey, I'm going to take him off two weeks for my birthday. Like, that, that never happened. <laughs> that never happened before. This is some new shit. Like, it, like so for me, it's like, I don't, I, some, something, I, I don't believe that Kevin Durant was just like, yeah, bro, go ahead. I, I I just don't. I don't think it's a conversation that was had. It was like, hey, we're friends, and you get stuck in these situations where it's like, I don't want to have that awkward conversation with my friend that's fucking up, like, the you know, the job or whatever else. Obviously, it's like, hey, bro, you got to say something to him. We don't know if he said something to him or not. We have no idea. I know they got a washed up DeAndre Jordan forty million dollars while gutting their entire depth uh, before. Uh, I know yeah. that they got James Harden in there, and then something went awry, and well, the, the, Harden well, wanted whole, to get out of there. Yeah, well, the Harden thing was like basically like it, it all blew up once the whole thing happened when when they brought him back last year. They brought Kyrie back, where it's like, hey, um, if, if you want to take your, if you don't want to take the shot, sit at home. Only collect, you know, whatever else you've done for the year. And then eventually, um, remember, like, they were talking about how Durant, you know, Durant was like MV, the, the, the front one for MVP for however many, I think, for the beginning of the year. 
Um, and then like it seemed as if like they were running. Oh yeah, because of the COVID um situation with all the people getting put in the COVID jail, like they were short on bodies. And then they were like, well, fuck, we 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 kind of do need them. And then they did the whole thing where they let him play, and then he would sit out games and whatever else. And then he was like halfway in, halfway out while being there, being a distraction for everybody. And then Hart was like, "Bro, like and, you and running call, his own y'all, practices, y'all two called me to come over here or whatever else." And then like he's not here, and he's here, and he, he's here, and when he was when he is here, he's not here half the time. Like I, I wasn't. This wasn't what I was like. This isn't what y'all brought me in for. I want out. Get send me to Philly, and he is in Philly. Um. For Ben Simmons. Yeah, and then the Ben Simmons thing happened. Ben, like, ben, ben Simmons doesn't even fucking play. We don't know if he'll ever play again. Who knows? Uh, who signed off on that? I don't know. <laughs> like I, I, I still am failing to to see where I, where Kevin Durant is this tragic figure. I'm, I'm, I didn't I'm say not... he's a tragic figure. I'm saying that like I think it's I think that it's he's in a he's put in a bad position. Like, like, I don't think he's necessarily like 2000 or post 2004 KG on the Timberwolves. I don't think he's that. No. Yeah, like he is, um, he's walked himself in these situations and now he's got to get himself out. Like they're not coming to save you, Kevin Durant. Um, I, I don't know who, you know, what all-stars you expect to show up. You're going to have to go like find your own you know, thing there. And I, I, the right, the problem with trading for, for Duran is you're going to have to give a bunch of shit. And he still wants to play with like two all-stars already like in place there. It's like, what type of unrealistic demands out, are you that, trying to make? Is that actually out there? I didn't hear that. Yes. Like that, that's, that's out there that he wants to play on a team that already has like two all-stars on it and whatever, but what place like, has two all-stars exactly. And enough draft capital to do the trades or whatever. Like you would think the Suns would try to trade like DeAndre Aiden and everything <laughs> to get him, but Would you want DeAndre would you want DeAndre Jordan to be the best player on a uh, on a in a Kevin Durant trade cuz I wouldn't. Well, if you think about the um like his age and you can still re-sign him for like the rest of his rookie deal. That might be the best option to go with, especially no, with like looking a, he, who's he's, available. He's going to a second year deal right now, isn't he? He's about to get his extension, and the Suns don't want to give it to him. Right. But that so means like, that you have to trade for Durant and then give, and then you have to give a second year max or something approaching that to uh, DeAndre Aiden. I wouldn't want to do that. I'm. I don't. I don't think they got a lot of options. Like to tell you the truth, so like. No, well, I mean, if if that is actually the trade, I, I don't know where he ends up. I don't. I mean, I, I, I my whole thing is like he, this, he says he wants to go X, Y, and Z, but it doesn't mean they have to actual actually acquiesce. I would assume that um, you know, he, they're not they can't just trade him aside beer because he'll still he can still you know say hey no I'm not going there, I'm not I'll I just won't show up, and like no team is going to want to trade for him without that so some type of assurance that like they're not going to have to do this in you know two years. Um, but like, I just think that it's interesting to see like where he, or think about like where he could end up, um, given that like there are a bunch of places with like draft capital. And I think that, um, I think that it's also made weird with like the, the fucking Rudy Gobert trade because it's like, that is what the draft capital would have been. And then like fucking Gobert got it at 30 and it's like. On what planet does he, does he, on what, pl- like, how did, how did Danny Ainge do this again? 
swindling. Yeah, so let's just, let's just move on. Like uh, Rudy Gobert, with what three years in like basically like a uh, hundred and uh, what it be like hundred sixty million dollars, one hundred fifty million dollars. It's left. no, it's it's probably like a hundred and twenty. Probably like $120 million off on his deal with three years left. At age 30, gets traded to the Timberwolves for basically three first-round draft picks in the 2029 draft pick uh, being top five protected. uh, With throw-ins like Malik Beasley and and other people that made in like a rookie and um, also Patrick Beverly. And I'm just like, Okay, so you basically like traded like a whole war chest of, of assets as the as the as the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves. You traded all these draft picks to get a dude that like. There's no guarantee you get to the West Conference Finals with him. I figure when you're Minnesota, you got to kind of take a shot in the dark. You've been terrible for years and years and years, and you guys finally got like a ray of hope uh, with Anthony Edwards and, uh, you know, finally getting back to the playoffs. I think the last time they were in the playoffs, I think Jimmy was there. They got an eight seed. Uh, and before that, it was just a decade of futility uh, pretty much going back to Kevin Garnett being there the first time. Right. So, I don't, I don't necessarily blame the Timberwolves for taking a swing at it. And they're like, we just want to compete. And there's going to be only one team that wins the title anyway. Try to get as close as you can. Yeah, but you – how do I say this? Like, I'm seeing these people, like, do these reviews. And, like, they're giving the Timberwolves a D, like, on the on this stuff. And I'm like – how is it a D? I'm like, we have to remember, like, these are actual players. Like, and like people were so in love with like draft capital all the time. And like p- people like seventh graders that are, that are getting traded right now. And I'm like, bro, I don't care. Like Rudy Gobert can help. He's a good player. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a good player, but he's a player that's going to be, that takes you from, all right, you were in the first round and lost, um, and lost in the first round. Like now, like you traded basically, half of a decade of draft picks. So now that means you should be able to, that should be like the equivalent of you get a Anthony Davis, like in 2020, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like uh, the people that, that you trade that kind of capital for are people that are like first team, all NBA and are not first team, all NBA because it's because center's a weird designation. I mean, like an actual top 10 player. He's never been a top 10 player. Minnesota's never getting a free agent ever. Like, they have to take these swings, like, as far as, like, trading for people. So, knock on wood, what happens when, like, Anthony Davis, or one of these years where it's, like, you think it would have been a normal year, right? Where it's, like, all right, um, they're going to make the playoffs every single year because they have Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns. I'm sorry, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. Mm -hmm. And then it's one of them years where, like, Ant-Man, like, he, he blows a knee. That's the time when you go and get you and able to get your missing piece that you know, in that situation where like they're at X and they can't or they're in that like 45 win territory and they're stuck in that non contender in that pretender territory and then they have that piece that falls in their lap that gets them over the top. Like 
is never happening now. This is their team. Like, once they get to the max extension, because uh, this, this is year two for Anthony Edwards. In two years, when they give Anthony Edwards his max extension, that's their team. That's who they are. They're fucked. And it's like, and then, and then, I, then the idea to like get out of it is like, then you trade Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, and then, eventually and then you trade you're trading. Towns, and then you trade Carl Anthony Towns, and when you don't win a title with this with this team, because like they're going to be good in the regular season because Gobert and the going small thing doesn't affect them in that way when when it's just playing teams and nobody's game planning you or whatever else. But like once you get the Clippers back or the Warriors or um whoever else or like Dallas that go, just goes small and plays them off the court, uh, not not literally plays them off the court, but like really hurts really hurts them when they're in the playoffs, then it's like, okay, so we're just stuck here and we're a second round team. We do kick in the second round and then like by the next thing you know, like they're trading Carl Anthony Towns, go Barry's like 34, 33, 34, and you can't throw him the ball when like Reggie Jackson's guarding him. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like and then like Anthony Edwards is gonna look around and be like, bro, you just traded Anthony Towns to try to I'm 27. I want my fucking. I want it out of here. I feel like, like this. I feel like are, this, he's he's, he's going like to leave anyway, right? So you're you're. We trying don't to know imagine. that. We don't know that. This is I, this. I feel up. like I know about enough about Anthony Edwards. I don't think he's going to be a career Timberwolf. I would I would say this if I were going to if, like they got five years to figure it out with him. My what I'm saying is if you uh, do it the way they're doing it. Where like you have no draft capital in the case to protect yourself and to get yourself in a situation where like you can stumble into like Victor, uh, Victor, uh, the, the French, uh, Victor dude or whatever else in case one of them get hurt this year or whatever else and you got lottery balls in your favor or, um, and you don't have the draft capital like the Rockets or the, uh, the Thunder and like now also you have a huge salary cap sheet and you have no flexibility. Like, why Why do they look more attractive than the Lakers do? I mean, don't make the playoffs. You get my point. Like, they're fucked the same way. Except uh, except, it's fur- except the Lakers are further down the line because, like, they, Westbrook They have contract- young stars under Westbrook 27 contract- years old. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you're right. The healthier stars. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. But our point, I mean, as far as, like, I didn't mean as I didn't mean I meant the part, I meant the part as far as like you're already you're headed you're putting yourself far along to go down this road to where like you can't win at the top you can't do real winning and like the only way out is to make it to where like it's gonna look like that Donovan Mitchell situation where it's like do I want to stay here now that like Gobert is gone like do I want to stay here now that Cat's gone and it's like all right man like I feel like if you were to Dude, run the numbers. If some dork was to run the numbers on doing this versus doing this, what the outcome, like the outcomes are of like what side of like tr- making this trade and not making this trade, what's more likely to keep Car- or Anthony Edwards? What they were doing is more likely to keep Anthony Edwards in this. I, 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 that's how I feel because now it's yeah. like now you're stuck. I feel like you're just stuck and that's your team and there's no way out. There's no there's no being able to stick around in case like. The next is this gruntle star, you know, falls to your lap or whatever. So, are you saying they should have tried to trade for Kevin Durant instead of Rudy Gobert? Or, I mean, if it was if it was an option, I don't think he would have gone to Minnesota if you'd have been like, no, I don't want to go there. But like, if it was on the table, absolutely, anyone would have rather have Kevin Durant than than um than uh, Gobert. And it is also like, 
I understand that, like, people are trying to talk themselves into Carl Anthony Towns being the greatest shooting big man of all time for whatever, for whatever that's worth. And so, like, maybe, you know, with that size, whatever else you can have, go bear. But I just think, like, offensively, like, that makes it harder to operate now. Like, with Gobert there, like, I don't even know who the fucking point guard is right now. Um, yeah, because they just got rid of Beverly. Well, it's, it's oh, no, it's D'Angelo it's, Russell. It's but, like, they're they going to they try and get rid of him. They've been trying to get rid of him. So, like, for me, it's like, okay, so... I feel like there's no there's no pathway to to you know there's no pathway now and obviously you know you say well maybe there wasn't there wasn't no pathway to begin with but it's like now there's really no pathway and now you're already looking at like all right the clock is ticking the well, clock is ticking in year two in the year think, two going into I think year three you can bank on and it's an untraditional way to think about it I I realize that if you don't have all this draft capital somebody does and somebody's willing to sell it and then some of that draft capital is not going to get sold for a hundred cents on the dollar like so like there's always the wolves there's the rockets like that you can you can kind of pillage them if you need yeah but that's how you're gonna get it though you're gonna get it out of carl anthony towns in like two years Mm-hmm. But like, why would Anthony Edwards want to play on a team where he has to go through a, a now at this point, like this would be like basically like, that would be like the third version of the team he's already on, and it's year it, for that be like year four or five six for him. Like I can already see like it getting ugly. Um, and like for me, it's just like you had somebody. It, you know, what reminds me of like I'm trying to think who was a star that they like they saw someone that was really great and then they immediately oh like um Anthony Davis in New Orleans right mm-hmm. they saw that he was gonna be really good and then what did they immediately do they were like let's bring Rondo in let's bring in Carl let's bring in uh, uh DeAndre I'm sorry DeAndre yeah, DeMarcus Cousins we already we always had Drew and it's like let's pay vets and like fuck up our cap sheet and try to be ve- like very good like it, like no one takes like that New Orleans Thunder, or New Orleans, uh, the OKC Thunder tack with Durant. Like it was like we're gonna suck for like two or three years, and then like it'll be on after that. But like just hold on, like let's not rush ourselves to be so fucking good that we're like we're gonna screw up and mess up our window and be too good to ever like get somebody in close a little bit younger than him that can also like grow as a team. Like OKC did it perfectly well up until the part where they traded James Harden, right? <laughs> So bear with me. Like I'm not saying he's the best player in the world because Presty like had his brilliant plan and it was working until he made sure it absolutely did not. And that was probably from man or from ownership, whatever. But it's like that plan. How come no one wants to do this plan? We seen it work. We seen it. It was in the finals. It's so weird to me. It's like we got a great star. We have a we have a not only will let's immediately go too fast. It happened with LeBron too when they were giving Shaq and Antoine James all that money too. Not only will Lightning have to strike once, Lightning will have to strike three times for that to happen. Yes, MVP, yes, yes, yes. I get that. I, 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 it doesn't have to be three fucking MVPs and back and back to back to back drafts. You get, but you get my point. And then like Serge Ibaka, like yeah, no. yeah. In Reggie Jackson, and uh, there was also another player. Uh, yeah, it was Reggie Jackson. But um, yeah, I just think that it's like. You don't have to skip the steps 
to, to you, you have to do this. And it's like I'm, I'm just like I'm already cringing thinking of like who knows if Kevin Durant ends up on the on the Suns, but if he does, like how many fucking times did we see those those jazz series where like James Harden and Chris Paul are just singling out Gobert and put him in fucking space and putting him in jail and torturing this man over and over and over, put him in the fucking gulag. It is like I can't believe these four traffic on this shit. And like, when it happens in the playoffs, it'll be like, "We told you, dumbasses. We told you, this was dumb." I, I I can't I can't really like kill them too much just because just they're because trying they're, to they're, win. We, they're, they're, they're trying, trying to win. win. Look, but, they're trying to win. Like, but, and, but much like the Liv Morgan thing, we'll get to what's really how much winning is really being actually done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's gonna be that's what I'm an exceptional about. segment. That's what I'm concerned about. Is 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 there real winning being done or just like satisfying this fan base has been fucking tortured for thirty years or twenty five yeah. years? Uh, yeah. So it's thirty actually. Look, they, um, they're trying to sell tickets. So on the <laughs> other end, let's talk about the Jazz. They 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 in perfect position. Like they get the rebuild. They get they they sign Grobert's that terrible contract. They let Joe Inglis walk. Yeah, Ingles is gone. Ingles, uh, I forgot where he went, but Bucks. he's somewhere. That's right. That's right. And he has to, you know, he has a knee injury, so he's he's not gonna play until later in the year anyway. But um, it traded uh O'Neal off too, and it's like okay, they Look, they signed that terrible it, it, contract, it. then they got four draft picks back for him, uh, for Gobert. And then they still have Donovan Mitchell, and then if like Donovan Mitchell wants to wants to stick around, or if he doesn't, whatever happens. If they want, to, if he wants to be a Nick, like they like they've been talking about how he wants to be a, a Nick for a couple years now. At this point, they can get that draft pick. It's the Knicks drafts. It's the Knicks draft. They have the Timberwolves draft. The Knicks draft. I would love to have that. So like they get to rebuild and do whatever they want to. They get to join the content the, the list of teams with with, with award chests for now with uh, OKC and and with the Rockets. And um, I think though I think though you know depending on whatever happens with uh, Donovan Mitchell if he stays or whatever else they can be good in like two three years again. That's it's just a lot of ifs, you know. And but I, like, yes, yes. But I, there are certain people that I'm just willing to say like they're not just going to fuck up all these draft picks. Like, yeah, uh, it like drafting is an inexact science, all that kind of stuff. But like, that high in the draft, it's hard to fuck up, really. Um, or not that, or not hard to fuck up, but it's like you got you got no, a deep draft or whatever else. I mean, at this point, it seems like every other year, or we have a deep draft, right? Like last year's draft, um, whatever else. So for me, it's like. They'll they'll do fine. They'll still have they'll still have money to go get. You know, not if Donovan not people, Mitchell ends up a Miami Heat. I want an investigation opened into uh, Dwayne Wade. Yes. Um, I don't. When they have to trade Bam to get him, I think because of that weird rule. Yeah, that weird. Like, yeah, that's basically like we don't want players linking up rule. Yeah, that, that's that's that that. There's no way that that CBA rule have like exists before 2011. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, that's one of those like we we're having this we're having this player or this this work stoppage. We're add this in because LeBron went to Miami. That's that's got that's got to be uh, a a a new development in the decade. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I think that. You know, 
I don't think that the rebuild thing is like such a disaster compared to like how it was like back when we were younger, where it's like if you know your star player leaves and it's like, well, you're fun until Dwight Howard shows up. Or, I, I just don't think it's like that anymore. I just don't. Um, so like you know the Jazz, they they you know like same same thing with the Nets uh, with you about uh, to my cousin Alex about like the Nets thing is like man, blow it up. You want to go? You want to go through this where you're not you're not actually going to ever win and go through this Kyrie hassle and like people talking about like wow Durant's one of the fifteen or one of the 10, 15 greatest basketball players of all time and like you got nothing out of four years out of five six years with him seven years with him blow it up start over trade both of them off start over get the draft get the draft get your draft back plus out of those two Zekumaki appreciate the subscription. But anyway, um, uh, I mean, so what? Do you, like, do you, are you with, are you with on my end? Whereas, like, these things aren't as difficult as they used to be with rebuilds, or, or are you still hesitant to that? Um, no, like, like I th- I do think people want to. Well, I think people are remembering, or they're not remembering that these are actual people enough mm-hmm. for for my liking. Like, it's like, yo, we're just trading you for you know these imaginary people whatever and everyone wants to be the next uh sam presti or uh the next hinky. danny ainge or hinky or, yeah. or or try to run some some scam like yeah. they were doing in philadelphia yeah. and it's like it's jerry krausism like that shit has real effects like on players on yep. culture on like you know if if all these people like you don't see these people as people and is every, everything's an asset it's just like i don't know how like 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 you look at the teams like phoenix Golden State, Milwaukee, Celtics, mm-hmm. and it's like they're keeping these teams together and bringing them like bringing them along. Are they doing it, making it smart? Well, they're figuring it out. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, for, for you know, Milwaukee's been together a while. That's Golden true. State's been together for a decade, damn near. But like, and it's like, I just think people are falling in love too much with the idea of we can just make it all up in this random, you know, uh, lottery, essentially. And it's like, A, all y'all ain't that good at drafting. That's true. And B, <laughs> and B like, your organizational history, just there's nothing that shows that you're capable of doing this. And um, either you're in a bad location, like Utah, yeah. or, <laughs> or something like that. And it's like... If you're in Utah, you got... like, But that's the thing, like, going into it. If you're in that's Utah... That's why I don't fault Minnesota for doing it. I'm like, you're yeah. never going to get a free agent anyway. Yeah, but... Yes, but my thing is, like, if you're in Utah or, or Minnesota or Indiana, like, you know going into it, you're going to have to hit on the draft. If not, you're fucked, period. So, mm-hmm. like, you know... Um, like when you land uh, uh or Sacramento, like when they land Tyrese Halliburton and he's like one of the three best players in his draft, and then they fucking trade him for uh Sabonis. Not to say Sabonis not Ridiculous. a good player because he is. It's like, well then what the fuck? Like, when's the next time you're gonna get somebody as good as Sabonis? Because the last time, or I mean, as good as uh Halliburton in the draft, the last time you did that it was Marcus Cousins, and you didn't want to give him the max. You let him walk. Yeah, and I say um. that like. You know, Demarcus didn't have his own issues, but it's like, dude, twenty eight eleven, twenty eight eleven, okay. They dodged a bullet on that one because he fell apart. He tore his he tore his Achilles and he's big. I know, I know. Yeah, they, that, that's they, I, 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 I don't really hold that against against uh saying they dodged a bullet on that one because who knows what happened. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, and then my Lakers are just, you know, there's just a lot going on, you so, know. So are you just so for you, what do you want them to do? Do you want like would if they if they had the possibility because you know there's there's word on whether or not there's a trade will happen or if it's gonna happen and then like you know a pick being involved and then want to hold on to a pick and then make a ma- money match because uh uh Westbrook makes more money than Kyrie Kyrie and then like the idea of taking on more salary or whatever else like in an ideal world what would you want to happen it, what would you want to happen as far as this year's Lakers and going into the next off season. I want no parts of Kyrie Irving under any circumstance. Even if that means running his team back. Correct. Okay. And it's just like, I don't know, as I was telling Alex, I was like, I don't know how we Can't can be him. sure of anything with him. Like, but he's like Sting. The only thing for certain with Sting is nothing Correct. That's correct. Funny. Like, I, I don't know. Like, and I'm someone I've like flipped up on Kyrie over the years. I was a huge fan, defender of his. And then it's just like these situations just keep adding up. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like it's going to go in reverse as he ages. <laughs> like, he's going to get more like uh, single minded in what he wants to do and like, you know, his way. Like, that's not going to change or anything like that. If he wants to lead, it will. Yeah. And then. But at that point, will it be worth it to like the as far as like, you know, when his decline sets in or whatever? And it's a one year rental anyway. I'm like, just run this team back. Try to be healthy. Try to try to get Davis on the court and then like figure it out from there. Tinker with the team from there and then just just run. Try to get Russ to come off the bench or something. Like if it gets to that, I don't think that'll happen. Like I think I think Russ would actually play better this year than he did last year because that's a, a another year together, and you know they'll probably know what went wrong. They got a new coach in there to say, "Hey, I can point out some stuff that y'all wasn't looking at." I think and, they'll be better defensively as <laughs> the fact they got they switched out some older bodies for younger bodies, so they'll be more spry that way. Like I mean, they were just. They were a mess. Like, they weren't good on offense or defense. Like, they were good at nothing last year. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and no, no Kyrie for me. I, at one time, I would have rejoiced at Kyrie becoming a Laker. But Remember remember when uh, 2019, and, like, they had the cap space, and, like, there was ideas of, like, the Lakers might actually, like, with the Anthony Davis trade, like, they could be trying to get, like, Kyrie or Kawhi to – to do this whole thing. I remember when we were talking about this, we were like, who you prefer? Like the, you know, the, you know, I think it was Kyrie and reunite the Cleveland thing with AD or whatever. So do you want fun guy Kawhi? I mean, we were joking. We were like, you want a fun guy Kawhi. And now it's like the idea of those three together is tempting, but it's like, you can't trust it. You can't trust it at all. Like they like Davis and and Kyrie would be a fucking mash unit. Like it, it absolutely could be. And then once and, it happens, people be like, "Well, what do you think was going to happen?" Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, that's that was a good NBA talk. Yeah. Uh, we've got we got a lot of people showing up uh, as we've done the NBA discussion here uh, on the Twitch chat. If you guys are in the chat, make sure you guys are showing love to Holy us shit, as we're normal. Forty minutes talking about this, I didn't realize. Look, look at that. Look wow. at that. Uh, so we're going to start with blood and guts. Yeah, let's um, go. I, I think that was the biggest thing of last week. And, of course, there was a WWE pay-per-view. Then there was a stardom pay-per-view. 
or there was not a star paper. It was a yeah, there was a it's basically a TV. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, blood and guts. Um, So let's get to it, man. They were in Detroit, Michigan. Little Caesars Arena looked great on TV. Huge two rings um, in there. That that all that was really cool to see that visual. Uh, we opened up with Orange Cassidy taking on Ethan Page. Kind of a strange uh, opener here. Uh, Orange Cassidy comes out with his new music uh, from Jefferson Starship, Jane. Um, I guess that's the music he was using on the independent circuit. And, you know, when he started getting over what his gimmick, that's what he was using. Of course, he's been using Where's My Mind from the Pixies uh, the last couple of years. Personally, I'm a Pixies. Uh, I, a lot of people debate has broken out about this, which they preferred. Or some people saying Jane is just awesome. It's just great. All this stuff. I'm like, I've never heard of that shit. I don't care. That shit was 50 years ago. I don't know who Jefferson Starship is. Sorry. Uh, but I just felt like. But you know the what the Pixies song- are? I did not either, yeah, but it grew on. But it grew on me. It felt like I saw the music video and I thought about Orange Cassidy, and I was like, "This fits." Like it's mm. it. All, I understand it. Like it's just this guy that this mindless guy essentially that's plugged into his own world and then is kind of just like just just going through the motions or whatever, right? But then Jane's like, you know, it's it's up tempo, it's exciting, it's whatever. But I'm like. I don't know. I, I kind of like the, the laid back Orange Cassidy personally. I'm I'm fine with either. I mean, I, I think if you ask me which song in a vacuum I like more, I like Jane more. Uh, as far as for the character, I never really thought about it. Just me, to me, like I, I yeah, whatever. Like they're both they're both fine. So Bruce says he prefers Jane because he's old. Um, <laughs> I mean, it definitely like it definitely fits in that seventies rock vibe, and like you know, thinking of uh, like what he got it from, like his his gimmick from that um, Paul Rudd character. Like I can see that, and like quite frankly, like you know, uh, nowadays with like you know the Guardians of the Galaxy and how popular it is, like that's definitely some something that would have been on like a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three um, soundtrack. So whatever, but um, you know, I I I. I I saw people, you know, uh, it wasn't, I think it was a Floyd. This was like, he hates it. And I was like, I don't, I wouldn't say hate. Or I, I, I don't know why you would hate this song. I think it's fine. Like, I, but I also thought the Pixie song was fine. Like, I did, like, it, it, the change, the changes seem like it's ch- uh, the, the sake of change, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to like any real reason. Like, I was good with either one. Sam says he loves the classic rock while he likes both. Jane has more of an arena vibe. Bill's Mafia says uh, Jane will grow on people. Uh, Fred from Mars, first time I remember seeing him, may have been here before. He said the Jane song is from the character that dresses like OC in White Hot American Summer. It's the juxtaposition. Paul Rudd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, he has a match with Ethan Page, and it's kind of like, you know, a uh, television match, and uh, they're doing like lots of the kind of cute like stuff in the match. And I think this is uh, like as great as the Will Ospreay match was for Orange Cassidy. I think him showing this stuff was like, it's like, yo, he's a master television worker. And we already kind of knew that about him, right? But it's just like doing the, the stuff, the working the crowd taking advantage of the opponent, dealing with the manager on the outside. It was just all this stuff he was doing that that was really impressive. Okay. Like, I thought it was a good match. I, I enjoyed the part where, like, he he's he's in Detroit, 
and he and he's in a match where like he's against a guy that's way bigger than him, and he keeps calling for the body slam, and like he's and he can't get the body slam, and then he kills for the body slam again, and he can't get the body slam, and then he can't at the end. And then by the end, when he finally thwarts, um, uh, what's his name, America Top Team right now, Lambert. Once he once he yep. thwarts Lambert or whatever else, then he gets his he gets a spot over on um on on Page on Ethan Page, and then he go he finally gets it. He gets the big body slam and then gets the win. I was like, yeah, man, this man just packed up uh, Hogan Andre WrestleMania three, and I, I I thought it was I thought it was fucking hilarious that this man's in Detroit <laughs> doing this. I thought it was just great. Uh, like like I don't yeah, know if you, that was the actual intention, but that's what I like. That's what I picked up. That had from to it. be it. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I'm that in tune with what's going on because I thought it was fucking hilarious when he kept trying to go for this body slam over this dude is way bigger than him. Yo, um, after that we had Christian out. Um, he asked, you know, he was told by management to come out and apologize for his comments last week, especially about Jungle Boy's father. Christian said, "Jungle Boy, I'm sorry that your entire family isn't dead." This and man then, said this in a turtleneck. This man is yes. this man is out here dressed like sophisticated LeBron saying this shit. It was fucking hilarious. Right. Then he says he, uh, he corrected himself and say everyone except Jungle Boy's mother. Right. You know, he wants sex. To, yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, Christian says the only thing good about Detroit is that it's close to Canada. Um and, I popped when he said that. He said he might have requested a match for this week, but it's not for him. And it was for Luchasaurus, who came out all black, kind of, kind of Oscurosaurus. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, all black mask, all black gear. I thought Kane was in the building. Uh, new music. They had him work. Uh, they had him work generic like Kane too. Um, they had him going there with Serpentico, and then Serpentico uh, almost wet himself. Yeah, <laughs> he got destroyed in under a minute. They had him doing a nerve hold snare trap, and he yep. got the win. Uh, after that, Christian told Luchasaurus to continue, and uh, he hit him with a choke slam. So after that, we had a face to face with Scorpio. No, 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 no. He choke slammed him on the floor. It looked, ugh, it looked bad. It looked bad. It like that shit hurt. Yeah, floor bumps. Those are always fun. Yeah, uh, we'll get to floor bumps in a second. <laughs> Scorpio Sky and Warloader were backstage face to face. Sky said he was the champ for a reason. Uh, he has the, of course, he has the uh, purple and gold Lakers belt with him. Uh, and Warlow's basically said, uh, you know, he doesn't care about American Top Team. He'll beat everyone's ass and he's going to take home the title. Then Scorpio Sky challenged him to a street fight. And immediately, my Goldberg versus Raven, um, you know, flashback meter started going off for the U.S. title. Really? Immediately, all so you have to remind me. You have to remind me of that. What, what exactly was that situation? Wasn't didn't Goldberg thwart all, the whole entire flock? And then yes, okay. I suggest everyone that listens to this podcast watch that once a year um, and see that crowd going fucking insane. Like, um, so it was Raven won the U.S. title from DDP uh, on Spring Stampede on Sunday. Monday, he has the defense against Goldberg, and they set it up like a weekend. It only was a, it wasn't this long storyline or anything, kind of like this one is. But uh, they pull up. This man goes through Lodi, Sick Boy, Kidman, uh, Reese, the seven footer with the stop sign, all that shit, and, and murders all these fucking jabronis on the way to getting Raven out of there, and the crowd goes nuts. Um, and 
that pretty much, you know, cements Goldberg with the, with the mid-card belt, and that'll probably do the same for Wardlow. I feel like all the school, uh, American top team geeks would be there. Security's there. Uh, he's going to kick everyone's ass. Okay. I'm sold. If that's what they do, I'm sold. Um, after that, <clears throat> we had um, Matt Scaster and the Gun Club taking on Danhausen and mystery partners and it turned out to be ftr so ftr came out huge reception for these guys here they're big Uh, in middle america (laughs) (laughs) um so they came out there um and it was you know austin and cash in the beginning and then danhausen got in did some stuff and they were beating on danhausen for what seemed like forever um and after that, you know, they had Billy distract the official Anthony Bowens rises up out the out the wheelchair, uh, you know, revealing that he's healed. Dan Housen avoids a crush and, you know, he strikes Austin with it uh, and Dan Housen covers him for the win. After the match, uh, Austin basically shoved Bowens, but Billy sided with the acclaimed kind of and shoved his son back kind of furthering whatever they have going on there. Uh, it looks like the acclaimed are on the road to baby face them. And it's kind of been, you know, if you guys have been paying attention, uh, it seems like that's kind of where it's headed. And Max actually released the acclaimed theme song. Like he said, he never would uh, while he was a bad guy. The moment it looks like he's going to be a baby face putting the song out. So uh, I imagine that there's going to be people and he's basically puts it out. It has the hook on there and then it's just instrumental or whatever. I imagine that pe- there are going to be people doing their own raps to, to these beats or to that beat out there and putting up videos if it hasn't already started. And dissing, the, dissing wrestlers like they're going to pack somebody up just just randomly like I like the way Shotzi w- was getting banged on. I wouldn't be shocked if Shotzi had a, had someone that made one about her um, <laughs> over this this joint. So uh, all wrestlers, be careful. People may come for you. Any thoughts on this match, James? No, um, <laughs> I don't mean it in this missive way. I don't have any thoughts though. But like <laughs> the acclaim uh, challenge, yes, yeah, yeah, like. I hope I don't know anyone that does the acclaim challenge. That beat is not nothing you actually really want to rap on. Nah. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't pick it myself. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. So if you, you know, I'm like, already cringing. I'm already cringing at the idea of no of like me thinking about who was going to do the the, the acclaim challenge and, and like, oh man, it's gonna be a lot of people that don't actually listen to rap. A lot of them that don't actually possibly, yeah, possibly, 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 absolutely, absolutely, absolute Ricky Starks. Um, yeah, well, I guess we can move on. That's gone. so they had Lethal Sanjay and Saddam Singh cut a promo. Uh, basically, they demanded Joe to sign the contract to defend the ROA's title at the Death Before Dishonor show. Um, and Saddam Singh jumps in there and says, Jay's gonna kill you, pulls him in close, and he's just so fucking huge, yo. Like, <laughs> Like they're doing this fucking this this funny thing with him where they are blowing him up to like fifty uh like fifty X size on the graphics. Like they're just making him absurd, like comically big, <laughs> bigger than everybody else on the graphics too, which is like they get it. 
TBS title. Uh, Jay Cargill faces Layla Gray. We've seen Layla Gray a couple times uh, uh, from this show. James, are you familiar with Layla Gray? Um, I had confused her with someone else, um, and then you quickly corrected me, and I was like, oh, I can see why I made that mistake. Um, but yeah, um, I have seen her before, yeah. Yeah. Um, short match. Jay got her out of there with a pump kick, and then it jaded after the match. Stokely was going to talk. Um, <laughs> I did see that, Diogo. Um, Matt's caster was engaging, like, they chopped up some Jim Cornette, uh, podcast audio oh, and put it over the beat and like made it rhyme it was it was actually pretty funny oh, um and then uh yeah fred fred from mars says people are dro- gonna be dropping way off beat entries like frank gazarian yes they will be um so no i'm stoked he was gonna talk but it's jay depressing. grabs the mic yeah um says she was tired of everyone in the bag bitches moaning wants real competition uh she said the only you know only person that stepped up didn't even work for aw uh, he called <clears throat> Athena lazy. <clears throat> Athena and Statlander ran out and attacked Jade and Kara Hogan, but then Layla Gray s- surprised them by stopping, you know, Athena from hitting her finish, pushing her off the rope. And it was almost like, what is this? Is this like the nasty boys trying to like uh, bring the cake out for Hogan and then getting like whooped anyway? Like I, I didn't get this part. But if Layla Gray is going to be a, a baddie, I think she fits the bill. Did she get jumped in on this, James, or was this like, was Jade in on this too? It was like, hey, this is how we gonna make it look. I, you know, th- I think Stokely was in on it, but Jade wasn't, and she will later, she will later uh, be either cool with it or that's her pathway to escape from. Stokely, when it's time to turn face, in much similar fashion we talk about with Kenny Omega and Don Callis, where it's like they'll use the evil manager to get away and say that this wasn't all me and blah 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 blah. But um, it's not exactly one for one thing, but it reminded me of like um, when Andy Hartwell like ended up like joining the way, like when it was like she was helping Candice from getting eliminated from a woman's battle royal and she sent this video saying look at me helping you and then and then they added her in so uh, so it could be a situation where it's like who knows but like once it once it presented itself so was with it and jay wasn't was wasn't really but maybe she'll come around who knows so they showed the Bucks backstage. They were talking about being uh, all their friends being injured, being alone. Some interesting stuff going on. If you guys are following BCE, check it out. Um, there, you, you got to fill me in. I, I've heard some things, but so I, I didn't catch it yet either. Okay. I meant to watch it, but um, you know, it's like the the elite storyline, like that we've all talked about. Um, you know, it's like the path to the long reunion, like. Looks like it could be back in effect. So um, this one time before um, they were going to Matt was going to text Hangman to squash it. Uh, I don't know if it was last summer or it was around that time when um, when they beat his ass to kick him off TV. It was kind of around that same time, I think. So last and, summer and he he pulled up the same message 
this like week mm-hmm. to send to Hangman, but he didn't end up sending it uh, again. Like something happened. Like I didn't I didn't see the whole thing yet, but the same. So they don't watch. The sh- so they don't watch the show. Who? Hangman or the Unbox? No, they don't watch the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> they not. live the show. They are the show. Okay. You know. This was, you know, just trying to make sure if, you know, they, they're doing it like in a circle or not. And no. So, okay. Yeah. Um, but they're, you know, they're talking about, you know, maybe some type of reconciliation. We'll see where that's going. But then they, so, they lay out. Okay. What are the odds that uh the young bucks and hangman they get back together and then like this then brings kenny back and then kenny like because remember when he left he didn't see what happened in the match with hangman with like matt jackson basically saying okay go beat him (laughs) like we don't know how uh kenny omega is going to react to that and he also had like you know kind of a um, kind of a sharp goodbye to uh, Adam Cole when he left. Like what? So it leaves it. It left it up in the air for like whenever he came. How are you going to deploy uh, Omega when he came back? So it's like if they're planning that, then it's like there's a good possibility that it's like, hey, like Kenny Omega comes back and it's like, oh, okay, well, fuck y'all, and then like he just like, like sides with like. In, uh, undisputed. Something. Um, like, I don't think it's going to be just a magical, like, everybody's all happy when they come back. Like, they're all, there's, nah, like, it's going to, they're going to come back and it's going to be turmoil. That's how that, bro, that's I, how this works. I feel like, bro, I don't feel like they're fully back together till like two years from now. Yeah, Personally. that's what I imagine too. Yeah. So, or like something, they, or in the future, you know, yeah. They, they've got a long way to go. Well, actually, so. I, actually, I don't think they'll all be back until like three years from now. Maybe even five. <laughs> Depending on you know when Cody comes back. So Sir Sam says, "Bring back the good brothers." Uh, Diogo says, "I hope they do the reunion after the Bucks lose to FTR, so they don't fuck with the face heel dynamics." Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Bucks and FTR are kind of in their own, uh, I think, universe for that. I don't know if that necessarily would interfere, but I, I think people want FTR to beat them really, 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 really badly. Yeah. Sam I don't know why. Me, right? No, the return of the dangly. I hate it here. <laughs> I, I really do. I get fucking trolled by people while they're in the middle of trying to do a fucking show. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, why? And, 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 and you encourage the shit. You get the big dangly. You don't get the fuck out of here. Let's, let's continue with the show, man. Diogo says, when, when Kenny comes back, do you think they'll add Takeshita into the Elite storyline? He has already teamed up with the Elite once, so or a few times, actually. Uh, I don't know if he'll be like, you know, hey, this is this other member that's kind of moonlighting in the group. I don't think it's going to be that, but I think I think Kenny and Takeshita will have a match. Okay, That's about I, it. I thought you were going to say maybe he wouldn't. I was going to ask you, will he get a cut of the merch? Gotta ask Kikuchi on that one. Can you fucking imagine? Yeah, you know, you're part of this thing. It's making shit ton of money. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not gonna give you none of that. No. Not for you. Not for you. You know. You mean it's you mean it's it's unethical not to? Who would have thought? 
Yes, Brewhaven. I did see the Matt Menard promo. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it after Blood and Guts, but oh, yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, but uh, the Bucks, they said, um, basically, uh, they said Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi were here. Excuse me, Goto and Yoshihashi wanted a shot at their tag team titles, but they set up an eliminator match. Uh, for Rampage. So they announced Rampage. There's the Royal Rampage, 20-man battle royal for the uh, interim AEW World title match. Tony Storm versus Nala Rose ended up being the main event, and Young Bucks versus Chaos. Then they brought Jim Ross out as they lowered the cage. See Jim Ross starting to get less and less work to do. See, you said they brought out Jim Ross as a lord. I already said they lowered their standards, but go ahead. Continue. Um, Yes, War games, I'm sorry, blood and guts. It is. Um, James, you go through this whole match. You or what do you want? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? This is the Blackpool Combat Club uh, with John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Willer Yuta, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. They defeated the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, that's Jericho, Guevara, Hager, Garcia, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker. And uh, these guys came out in the red uh they all look some of them look like various degrees of they may have been slanging cock um but they at least on the stage yeah yeah they were they were in there looking absurd um it was fitting that they wore all that red because they (laughs) they were they were bleeding (laughs) quite well (laughs) at first i didn't understand if like they recognized it like them wearing red also like makes it harder to see the contrast of the red coming out of their skin because it's like i know they're somebody's gonna bleed in this thing but um it didn't it didn't work out as bad as i thought it was gonna be so it ended up you know they're still able to you know gush gush around with their faces and their foreheads and and do all the nasty things they do as pro wrestlers like the th- like think of the th- like think about that pro wrestling yeah there's gonna be a cage match so one of us has to like grab a razor blade and <laughs> Run it across our forehead so we can, so we give the appearance that we're bleeding in here, as opposed to like you know we're scraping our faces and skin against this cage and it fucking hurts. Like it's so wild what these what these dudes do to entertain us. It really is. Yeah. Okay. Thoughts on the match? I thought I saw a lot of people on Twitter that were a lot higher on this match than I was. Without talking about. Like, I don't know what to necessarily even rate it. I'll say this, that during that taping, I like the Young Bucks versus Chaos more than Blood and Guts. And I know that might sound absurd. I would definitely I I definitely will rather watch that again because this is a time commitment, right? Just a time commitment alone. Yeah. um, Okay, so this is how I did it, right? I felt like I felt like a lot of this match was just happening. I, I, yes, and also we'll take into account that like who knows what got fucked up because of Santana's injury early. That early. also, yes. Um, so for me, I remember a lot of last year when we were talking about last year's blood and guts with um, Jericho or sorry, with Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle, and like it started very strong, and then about the time where they got to the Warlow Hager thing is when it kind of just died off um or lost steam that's a better word way to put it and then they left the cage and was like why the fuck are you leaving the cage 
Um, like if y'all need to leave the cage and take the fucking cage, take the top of the cage off. Um, I'm not even getting to part where he did it again. Thanks, Jericho. But um, yeah. So you know, like my my thing with blood and guts and war games are all the same. Like I have the same thing where it's like y'all gotta give me some stakes uh, of um, I, I like I. I you know, whatever. My complaints is my complaints. I've had complaints every fucking year. They do war games. Every year they done blunt guts ever since NXT brought the shit back. Um, however many years ago, five years ago, whatever. Like, if you listen to the show, it's a broken record. Like, it's a long match that's meant to only go that's gonna go a half hour regardless, and you know that can't nobody win until after a half hour, so you're basically sitting there watching nothing or you're, or you're not watching anything, but you're watching people beat the shit out of each other for no for effectively nothing. Um and then you go from the part where you get to surrender part, or you get to, you can go to a pinfall or submission, whatever, what have you, depending on it's a war games of blood and guts. I'm not, I'm, I, I said I wasn't gonna get into it, and I've gotten into it. Spent too much time on this shit. Last year, I gave the match, uh, the, the pinnacle uh, match, four stars, because uh, I really enjoyed the beginning of it, um, and I liked the, the choice that Guevara had to make, and then the post match thing where MJF still fucks him over. I, I liked it, but, you know, just for the hour-long, it was like, four-star match after for an hour-long match, that seems appropriate. I like this year's match better. Um, I think that their choice of when to go to commercial break during some of the stuff was a poor decision. Like, the, I think the most, uh, the coolest stuff was, like, the thumbtacks and alcohol stuff that was going on with Jericho and Moxley that was during the commercial break, but I'm sitting there watching it picture-in-picture. Picture. It was that compelling. You know, I'm still watching picture-in-picture. Um, I like the idea that like this is over between Kingston and Jericho because, quite frankly, I don't want to be over with Kingston and Jericho. Um, so they got you know Claudio the win over um over one of the 2.0 guys, and it could continue. So I'm you know from that perspective, I thought it was a I thought it was a neat finish against Claudio win as a you know um and and like you get to see like how Kingston reacts. Um, that was the most compelling part. Like, I, I think what I learned in this match was I really only cared about seeing Kinson get to Jericho. Okay, and a lot of this, and it was like, well, I mean, it's definitely a part of it. That's why they saved both of them for last. Yeah, and I think I think the Blackpool Combat Club was so they're so overpowered. It was almost like they did they weren't down a man the whole time. I mean, there was one like, point where they were down a man. And they just whooped their asses anyway. Yeah, they were down a man, and then like the heels are getting in, and then they're just running scared from. Them. And I'm just like throwing my hands up, like, all right, here we go. Like, and and it's just mm-hmm. like I, when I watch war games, I want the like the natural be, the heels should be. It's the even, he, he it's even and then the hill asses. comes in, whoops their asses, and then you know starts the rally, and then back and forth, back and forth, and back right. and forth. Yeah. yeah. So, so when it was like they were up so much, it was just like, all right, they're up by twenty. Like, <laughs> what are we really watching here? Uh, and but you know, I think the I think it recovered like after that or whatever because mm-hmm. there was a point where I kind of just it, fell like, out by of the time it. they got Jericho back, I mean, it was back to normal. Yeah. Um, like I had, I had fell out of it, but then you know got back to it, but. Um, it was funny seeing like you know Claudio just like just destroy Sammy and um Daniel Garcia at, at, together um at once. Um, I thought Moxley like you know he was using the skewers and shit like they were yeah you know, like he's in fucking nuts. Japan and shit like <laughs> <Freedom's> sicko. <laughs> um, but 
I, I some of the storytelling stuff I think was the 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 actual strongest stuff. Like you mentioned, the mm-hmm. um, seeing Kingston like just. I don't know if he was pissed, dejected, um, just like felt sorry. Like I, I didn't know what it was. Like jealous. Like there was just like there's a lot of different ways he was, all was reacting. It yeah. was all that, and I, you know, and like I thought that like the, I think the thing that was smart about it was that he didn't linger linger on it the whole entire celebration because then it would have been like, all right, mm-hmm. man, relax. But like the disappointment of like I went through all this stuff. You know, like I almost set a, a innocent on fire to try to murder this dude or whatever else, and like I didn't get my moment, and like it's bittersweet. And yeah, I am disappointed, but like I'm gonna celebrate even with this guy that I don't rock with, and like they celebrate on top of the cage. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a nice touch of them being able to celebrate. You get to see the actual celebration as opposed to seeing it on a camera phone after after it went dark or whatever else so that was cool and it was able to like rebound off the part where like if that just had ended or whatever else you just see Kingston with the fucking um sourpuss face on the whole time be like god what an asshole so like he was able to that, that, that gave him more dimensions to me so I actually I actually liked that part um and that, I think the post match thing did him you know um I, it, it made him feel like a full out flesh per, flesh out person that has emotion that has like emotions of like a full human of like I really wanted this it didn't work out I not only that I want to win I wanted to win in a particular way it didn't go the way I wanted it to but you know it's not over yeah um, so like, so that so I thought it was cool um so like for me compared to last year's I like this one's more than last year so like I don't but I don't know if I give it like I don't know like at first I was like well maybe give it four and a quarter but I thought myself like yeah no I'll probably give it the same rating but just think it's better I think I'm with you on that I think I'm just gonna four four flat stars and call it a day like I felt like this match like kind of just it flowed like there weren't as many down periods I think but like it never took that like that jump like yeah. when Sammy was going fucking insane in the beginning of last year's match where the where they were I'm glad they didn't do the West Side Story face off spot. Uh, I'm cool. <laughs> they with did that. it last year. Yeah, I, I'm and cool it was funny because with- going into it, we were like, "You're not gonna do this shit like how they do it in NXT." And then first fucking match they do it, I yeah, was like, "I was like, shut up, shut up." Good, remove that shit, get that shit out of here, but. They uh they had Sammy go off the cage this time. Yep. That was a uh, you know Samuel fall some shit that like nothing. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, do we, all right. Is it time to talk about what he fell through? Uh, he fell through. It looks like a double decker of tables with a blanket on top of it, bro. They tried to play us like that was the normal announce table. I was like, ain't no fucking. <laughs> Still a so long way, like, still a long way down though. You're right. I'm not saying they should have. They should have thrown him through this one table, y'all. I'm not saying. Oh, it would have been even. He would have died. He would have died. Because like, yeah, think like I don't even think I don't even know if like most most times when we see that uh, scorekeeper say we get blown up or, or crashed into, I, don't, I think for like sometimes it's not even actually underneath like matting. Sometimes it's underexposed concrete. So it's like, no, I'm not advocating the same way that I'm not advocating that Jericho. Uh, had fell, had just fell and docked to his do- death last year in Blaine Gusset. I'm not saying that should happen, but I'm saying, like, there are go-betweens. Like, I remember, like, Hell in a Cell, la- uh, the Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker and Shane. Like, they put, like, that crash pad thing for uh, for the announce table that he crashed through. Like, there's something, or maybe they weren't comfortable enough with it because he's also doing, a, you know, a, a bit of a flip at, on the dive, whatever else. I don't know, but, like, 
I don't think the answer is double double stack tables on top of each other. That that was too obvious to someone. Like you may as well have put a bullseye on that fucking thing. That some they're going to get out. The, if I was there, I'd have been like, okay, somebody's definitely because they did a good job of not never showing that table. I didn't right? see it until the fall. I didn't see it until they zoomed out in the front picture. I was like, look at this. Oh my god! I was like, I, I started laughing before before he even fell through the thing. I started laughing, but like if I was in a building, I'd have been like. Oh, you may as well have just put a fucking big bullseye saying they're getting out. The, not only are they getting out of the cage, someone's doing a bump off the cage. So I don't know how people. I don't know how that if if that did any affect it or affected anyone's like uh, reaction during the match because like it could have negatively affected knowing they're like oh they're gonna get out the cage and then someone's I gonna think you would have to be top. in the arena. Like you have to get someone from the arena to tell you if if that's what they thought was was going down. I gotta I have to ask that question. Uh, well, um, well, Black Saber Junior went. So we could ask yeah. him, I guess. Speaking of that, um, I hear there was somebody in the crowd uh, from Black Saber Jr. You said there was somebody with a One Nation Radio shirt on at Blood and Guts. If this is you, were if that was you, jump into Discord, jump on Twitter. Uh, I just want to know who you are. <laughs> if you showed up, uh, appreciate you showing love. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, uh, but yeah, but either way, like um, Sammy, Sammy likes doing these spots. Like at this point, it, it's just something. He remember likes. the one wing angel, right? That's what I'm getting at. Like he has a history of wanting to do this crazy shit. Fun times. Like this is a dude that say, "Hey, I, I want to, I want MJF to give me a super power driver off the middle rope, and I'm going to kick to continue wrestling. I want to do a no four fifty. I want to do a four fifty off the top of off the top of the step." on top of the uh, ropes and then like Darby may or may not be like on ladder bridge. He may or or a not. table. Yeah. Like he's, he's out of his fucking mind. He's out of his mind. Love him. <laughs> like I want, I want, I want Scorpio Sky to push me off the top of a ladder and I fall into, I fall into a ladder that's like, you know, behind me. That's like five feet below me. Like he's crazy. Now I'm gonna get so. it back up and get pushed off. Like that was just over OD, but whatever. Yeah, he's out of his mind. But um, what what do you want to see after this now? Like, because obviously they're gonna continue uh, Kingston in some form with Jericho. But like, what do you like? Uh, There's for- gotta be some like type of like some territory type blow off final match. Like, I don't think they can do a last man standing match. Why I don't do know if that? they. I don't know if they'll do a Texas Death match. Why not? Because they've done it before, I I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just kind of working my way through the gimmick to see which one makes the most sense. Like, could they do an I quit match? Could they do? Uh, I just don't know what makes the most sense for them. Could they do a yeah papaya any strap match? Diogo in the comments says uh, I quit match. So Sam says a respect match where the guy after it has to say respects the other. Didn't they try that in the beginning? Uh, Roughly where it's like he said that if you beat me I'll shake your hand. And I think and then Jericho did and then he like crossed him and turned heel. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The next next, uh, show after uh, Revolution. They could could do a respect match. Okay, um, so the last time I remember the, the most famous respect match, the only one I can think of right now is like the shit with Kevin Sullivan and Pillman. And then he goes, "I respect you, or Booker Man." Benoit. 
I don't remember a Benoit one. I think yeah, I think it was um you know what? I think you're I think you're right. Yeah, I remember I respect you, Booker Man. And it was like, what the fuck? I, I was a kid, I was like, what's going on? It's like oh what was a Booker Man? And he's like, Oh, 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 great. That. <laughs> okay. Um I don't know if that I don't know how that works nowadays because it's like well just lie to get out of whatever you're in because he's Jericho and he's slime ball he can just right. lie I respect you kick yeah. him in the balls yeah and it continues on it's like we're gonna continue this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this chase forever and ever like they're fucking Magneto and the Professor X like we'll do this for decades yeah, Xavier we'll do this forever Charles like I so I don't I don't know uh, there's got to be something though there, there, there's no way they're not doing it again. If you guys have an idea, holler at us on Twitter. Yeah. What do you think the best what and, kind of stipulation match yeah. for? So, to, and when you say the stipulation, you got to say what territory and what year. Right. Right. Like the territory, the match, like the match participants in the year. Yeah. So <clears throat> we had uh, Rampage also. Um, so that one, we had the Royal Rampage, 20 man battle Royal. So, um, the people that were in it, uh, there was a lot of people, <laughs> of course, using yeah. both rings. It was kind of like the Royal Rumble and, um, the WCW war games, or excuse me, uh, World the WCW World War three had Except a baby. I, that's why I was calling it World War, World War two the whole time. And yep. I was like, I'm, I'm like, no one popped at me saying it. So I must've botched like what World War three was. <laughs> so um this was actually uh really entertaining uh, for battle royal i kind of like the uh the the two rings aspect kind of left the rings less cluttered um, yeah. so it was like left less like kind of standing around and uh there were a lot of like you know cool like little matches re- revisited like there was hangman and starks you know and thinking about to when hangman dropped starks on his neck before uh they had old problems they had darby allen and tony niece starting off in the blue ring hobbs and hayman were in the other ring uh and the butcher and the blade getting reestablished they've been uh getting into it with swerve and keith leader actually going to be having a match next week um and they fucking like they had the butcher killing darby of course uh you know they they tied it in and mentioned that Darby and the Butcher had a match last year after Butcher had won at the house uh, always wins and uh, Darby had broken the Butcher's hand before so it's like there's always like these little threads of like stuff they'll just call back to you if you're paying attention yeah um, yeah they also did a, a spot where because they put um, Swerve in the left I forgot which was red and blue or whatever else but they put Swerve in the far right one and then they put Hobbs, Starks, and Lee in the in the left, and then in like the red they, ring. yeah, and then they jumped Keith Lee, and then Swerve. I didn't like this. I can see why he did it because it's cute, but I didn't like this. Like, uh, Hobbs and and Starks jump Lee, and then Swerve is trying to like reach over the ropes over to the other set of ropes to try to like interfere, interfere, whatever. But he doesn't just go through the ropes and and like help. Even though like he wouldn't have got he wouldn't have lost the match because he's going through the middle ropes, but mm-hmm. it is. I think myself like I get what he why he's doing that, but like the only way it makes it work is if like someone immediately cuts him off and beats him up to stop him from trying to do that because it makes him like a geek. Because like I'm thinking almost like the what would John Moxley do? John Moxley like if Eddie Kingston it beat up by two two assholes, he just go through the ropes and, and help fight. 
and then it'll turn into a hockey brawl and the crowd the crowd got hot. Like so the only way you could get out of that really is instead of not like a geek is like someone just cuts you off. And I was like, I I don't think it happened. I think he was kind of sitting there kind of like looking like a, just looking like, oh, my friend's getting beat up. And then I think the camera cut away for us. I saw how it got dissolved or uh, resolved or whatever else. But I was like, uh, okay, whatever. Um, and then uh, one thing uh, I thought that I, I thought at one point that like Darby was going to throw out Swerve as a payback for mm-hmm. what happened at last Battle Royal of, uh, a few weeks ago. And, uh, but it didn't happen. But it, it was funny. He was thinking like, because he's behind him. I was like, oh, he's going to throw this man out. Yeah, swerve indeed. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, there were more people that were in. Uh, Joss over and Hangman had a little um, part that was uh, fucking hilarious. Yes, they were they pretended they were going to turn on each other. Uh, Mass Caster was out. He uh, mentioned something in about and out Yeah, uh, he was talking about getting hugs from Tony Khan and just a bunch of other shit. Blade was in there. Pentagon came in. Matt Hardy, Keith Lee, uh, Brody King finally makes his way in. He kind of gets the big entrance. It seems like they're shooting him a little different, and they're like, "Could they?" And then you know they they get back to the to the match. Uh, Butcher and Blade is there. Orange Cassidy then shows up, and it's like, man, this thing like, bro, all these battle worlds like just it feels like there's just lots of lots of depth here. Um. So he took his opportunity, like basically uh, swerved, then swerved Orange Cassidy, threw him out. Um, I, I, I love this gimmick for swerve, like in, in the battle royals. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just catch somebody slipping and just, yeah. you know, dump them. You should um, like almost like have a name tag, and every time we throw someone, I was like, you, do you forget my name is? My name is Swerve. Yes. Oh my God, Lothero Negro, Kings and Jericho, one final beat, LMAO, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, sir. Remember but. when Jay-Z said it's crazy how one verse will fuck up the game? Yes. It's crazy how one bad match will fuck up history. Indeed. Um. So it, it came down to um, like basically the butcher and the blade started getting out of there. Lee got thrown out. Cassidy, Swerve, Starks. Uh, we're down to Hangman, Brody King, and Darby Allen as the remaining people in the match. Then Paige kind of gets uh, he's he get caught out on the apron. Brody King eliminates Hangman Page. He goes flying. Then we're down to Brody King and Darby Allen, a former Evolve pre-show match at one point. I think I saw somebody tweet out. Wow. And this is just a really cool matchup because of course Brody King's fucking huge and he eliminates Darby one of the coolest ways kind of possible. He does like a choke. Uh, ironically, it kind of reminded me of um, uh, Tam and Nassapoy. Yep. That's, uh, I, I didn't pops, know if it was. I fucking popped when it happened because I was like, that's exactly what it fucking is. And like dangled him over the ropes, uh, let him drop and he looked like a huge monster. And um, then it was, you know, Brody King is getting a shot at Moxley next week. So uh, this is the Moxley beats a big man uh, defense. So, yeah, I mean, it should be fun. Yeah. I mean, if they want to make it a Texas death match right now while they still got time, they could do that and (laughs) kind of make it similar to the Archer, you know, the Archer run. Yeah. Hangman. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Match would be fun. This would be a slugfest. Yeah. A slobber Uh, knocker, if you will. Yep. Then we had the AEW Tag Team Championship Eliminator, the Young Bucks versus Roki Goto and Yoshihashi. 
this was excellent. Um, and can Yoshihashi and Goto stay? I, I'm just going to ask. Um, why not? I think they would enjoy it more to stay here for about, about six months. Uh, I, I know, like, uh, the crowds Wait, in Chicago have kids? like them. I don't know. I think he's still, I think even with the kids, he still might enjoy staying here for like six months. Yeah. Like, yeah he, he was awesome. Uh, they were showing him a lot of respect on commentary. Yoshihashi, they kind of had less things to say about. They, all they really had to say he, was he's, he's much you know, improved. You know, you know, he's a geek. It is what it is. But, that, but look, he can go. Yeah. That's all that matters. He can go. And look, and he ain't taking no shit. The only thing that was missing out this match was they didn't bully him and then he fired up. That's about it. That was about it. Everything else was pretty much the Yoshihachi experience. Cause like that's one big thing I like about Yoshihachi is like you gonna lose his match, but like you go you gonna give him shit, he start disrespect kicking him, he gonna get up, he gonna start firing back on your ass, and then and then the crowd gets behind him for a little bit and then you go from there. But like I enjoy the part where it's like, look, man, you may whoop me, but I ain't no bitch. Right. Um, I, so there are nights where I feel like the young bucks come out there and score 40 and just like go balls to the wall, blitzkrieg, whatever Mm -hmm. tonight in this match, it felt like they kind of just ran the offense a little bit. And then you looked up and it was like, Oh, they got 28. Like (laughs) they had a traditional, they had a, a, a non, like they had a, a a non young bucks in match. They had a normal match. It was like when people say they only wrestle one style It's like exhibit 45. And then like, these aren't one trick ponies. Y'all got to stop. Towards the end of the match, like Nick started going insane, though. Did it a BT trigger? He does like a dive to the other ring uh, where Goto's located. Then he dives back in the other side and he does a ring to ring Meltzer driver. And I was just like, this nigga's, he's playing. He's playing right now. Like, like don't do this, Nick. Like, <laughs> like I was, I was seriously impressed uh, by that. So, uh, Bucks get the win. Um, and that was pretty cool. Um, Jonathan Grisham then revealed his match for next week. It was a backstage segment. Um, he said he was the best technical wrestler in the world, and he says he's going to be uh, joining forces with Lee Moriarty, and they're going to be taking on Tolly Blanchard's Gates of Agony duo. So Toa Leone and Khan. So um, two guys that they brought in through Dark. Uh, there was an Adam Cole and Khan match on Dark. I want to say. Where is Khan originally from? Impact or Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So they, uh, they'll be doing a tag match next week on Rampage. And then we got to the main event. It was Tony Storm and Nala Rose. And I thought this was pretty fun as well. So um, they let they did a little promo in the beginning. Nyla was very entertaining. Makes you wonder why Vicky was with her forever. Um, <laughs> so she has Marina Shafir kind of watching her back and i gotta say i i was into marina shafir as a manager um she can do just if it's hey deliver one sh- stiff strike here she can do that um have have have, have we made her hager already wouldn't be the worst i, Would, I didn't i didn't say it was wouldn't be, the worst, wouldn't be the I, worst was just, idea. I was i was just asking if that's what we're, if that's is that what we're actually doing if that's yeah. what we're doing fine i just want to know what the plan is Yep. Zekumaki, first time chat was he said probably one of my favorite eliminations ever. Um, they got a taste of that U.S. crowd and came back like addicts. Um, please let me know what you're referring to on that. Um, but Tony Storm and Alarose, uh had a 
decent match. I don't think they were afraid to hit each other, which was cool. Um, <laughs> always got to preface that there. Um, and uh, let's see. Besides that, uh, Tony Storm got the win. Uh, yeah. So we were kind of wondering like where she would go uh, in the fallout. But uh, she got Spirit the win. Went. They jumped her. Uh, Thunder Rosa came out to even the odds, and then they, you know, raised and Thunder Rosa raised her hand, and they seem like they're headed towards a friendship. Team Thunderstorm, yes, um, yeah, okay. He was a, one of his favorite uh, eliminations ever. Brody King getting rid of Darby, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, Team Thunderstorm, of course. Uh, I love it. I love it. It's cheesy, whatever. I don't Team give a fuck. Thunderstorm. Um, <laughs> they're gonna face Fear and Rose next week, so uh, they'll probably pick up the win there. Wait, unless... that's actually their name? Yes, Thunderstorm. No, no, no. Team Thunderstorm. Or is it no, just no, Thunderstorm? no, no. No, it's just Thunderstorm. Okay, yeah, okay. Thunderstorm is fine. Team Thunderstorm is like, why? Okay, okay, that's much better, much better. So, um, yeah, but after that, that was pretty much AEW for the week. Uh, enjoyed both shows. I didn't think they were like. I liked. I don't want people to think I didn't like Blood and Guts, right? Mm. But it was like I felt like for long stages of the match, I was just kind of just drifting, and I was like, "Huh." And I liked the finish. I liked all that stuff. I liked the storytelling of it, but there was just parts of the match I thought didn't make sense. And then I just wasn't into a lot of the the early parts of the match. And like I said, I was only really caring about Eddie getting to Jericho, and that kind of just hit me in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, Zach and Myers, I wonder why they keep trying to show off Shafir. Are they trying to please Roddy? Um, nah, I don't think. That I, don't, I think. I think. That, I mean, when I watch her, her matches are like, uh, what, do you, what, what, uh, what would Ross describe it as? Uh, a bowling shoe, ugly. But like, there's some stuff in there that I think is nifty when she when she's in there and, and looks like physical, it looks like a fight. It's just like, but the matches don't like have like none of the matches are like three star matches. They're just like oh, like this is like two and a quarter. It's like two and a quarter, or this is like two and a half, or whatever else. And then like the situation with Rosa, it looked like, um, well after the fact when people when you know it came out about the the sandbag and thing, but like at the time it felt like a really physical match and I enjoyed it, but. You know, you know, it's about a tasting. Like, but I, I do enjoy like matches that look like that from time to time. Like, she's not over at all. She's right? not, not but, like it's crickets when she comes out. But I think there's there's somebody obviously that sees something in her, right? And if it's like, I mean, she's an attractive woman with a nice tan and a nice physique, and she wrestles physical. Yeah, and I think she's I like. I think there's something there. Like, I don't want to flat just tell her to leave the screen. Now, like, I can't name any of her matches that I really liked, per Mm -hmm. se. But um, this isn't, like, just something that's happened out of nowhere. They were trying around dark for a while. Um, They were... There's something they're trying to figure out whether she has it or not. And I feel like right. with a Marina Shafir, you need to see if it will work, right? right. It's the same <laughs> so, thing that happened with Ty Conti. You never know unless you tried. Right. And like it wasn't like she was getting a ton of opportunities before to right. show, <laughs> you know, if something was there. So you never know. You might find money. So um, it, just to throw her off after like three or four matches, I wouldn't want to do that personally. But um, I think worst case scenario, she goes ring on her. Right. Right. Um, so, 
what else we got here? Um, WWE Money in the Bank. Okay, so this was not a bad pay-per-view. Um, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, the highlights are the tag match between Usos and in the New Day. Um, I thought it was a really, I thought it was a really great match. That if it had went like five minutes short, would have actually been a really great match. Instead, it's just a great match. Um, I, I felt like it was. I felt like they bought too much time trying to get you know doing the double hot tag spot thing in the beginning of the match. But whatever. Like once they start letting loose and they pretty much have a. They just basically start doing super kick, 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 uh, flip dive, or whatever else. Interesting. Yeah, once they break into the Young Bucks match. Yes, I get it. Yes. The Young Bucks have, I mean, uh, the, the Usos have, their matches do break into Young, uh, effectively Young Bucks matches, or things, or not actually Young Bucks matches, but the critique that people have about Young Bucks matches, like, those are what Usos matches break down into the really good ones that last like three or four years. Yeah. Maybe even five. So, lots of, of course, there's, like, the big news coming out of this show. They've got a new women's champion. Uh, Liv Morgan won the championship. And, man, if you've listened to One Nation Radio, there's well, been a Well, meme. she won money in the bank first. First. I guess we can start there. The opening match. Uh, Liv Morgan defeated Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shotzi, who has deactivated her Twitter. Um, well, she didn't actually. Well, she technically beat these people. She didn't actually whoop them. She just climbed correct. up and grabbed a ladder. Correct. So or she like, climbed up a ladder and grabbed a briefcase. A- after losing, you know, Ma- matches actual going matches. into into the show yeah. for months and months. You know, and then she unhooks the the, the gimmick, Long-term pulls it book. down, gets a golden ticket. Pretty pretty much, she hits the lottery essentially. So like, I don't know, James. Like, hey, you get the six numbers. You get the six numbers. Yeah, I, I guess so. There's eight he, numbers. I don't know. I don't, like she, like she pulls down the gimmick, and it's like, man, okay. Crowd goes crazy. Everybody's happy. She she blows the finish as she's walking to the ring. She's crying. Uh, and I don't like to ever agree with Bully Ray um, <laughs> for, for any reason, what really. What did Bully Ray say? He said she can't stooge off the finish ahead of time like that. It looked like a mark for the finish. Um, I, can't, I, I, I don't like okay. to agree with Bully so Ray. So how many rushs have we seen effectively stooge off finishes before? Is it, It's not the end of the world. Correct. However, when she's coming into the ring with like a face full of tears and not the ones that she drew on herself, um, I, 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 come on now, come on, Liv, come on. For what it's worth, the crowd is very happy and behind this woman for for whatever reason it is. I've called her the WWE Wakasukiyama on Twitter before, um, and. She had she she got her moment in the sun, knocked uh, Becky off the ladder. I thought a lot of people used to, or a lot of people when they were talking about this match, they were saying it was worse than I thought it was. Um, I was like, oh okay, it was just kind of a standard ladder match. There were a couple bad spots, I think. Shotzi yeah, ate shit a few times. Spots. Yep, but I she mean, even if over. even if they weren't botches, Sassy was still going to eat shit in the match. That's why she's out there, right? Right. Botch uh, or not, she, like she's going out there to splat. 
like and she did a senton on the ladder and landed kind of the, the upper back neck area i was like i would never want to do that whatever yeah. um <laughs> raquel rodriguez came out she's like just smiling like just like her her face is just glued to a smile Lacey Evans, I was completely confused. She was coming out, slapping everyone's hands or whatever, then kind of like working a match like a heel. They were cheering her kind of, but not really. I was like, is this supposed to be some ironic shit? Like, I, I didn't understand. I don't think they know what they want to do with her. So they made it into this thing where it could be whatever it wants to be. Yeah. They just um, want to put her on TV because they believe in her. Alexa, I may have seen her twice in the match. Standard I mean, fair. Match standard fare for Alexa Bliss. Right. And, and that's that's what she out, does in ladder matches. Get out the fucking way. Shouts out to everyone keeping the Alexa Bliss rant alive. Just at random times. I, I'll get a tweet. People people clipping up the, the rant and everything like that. Um, yeah. So uh, after that, there, I, you know, there was just, there's not really much more to say about Liv Morgan. One, we'll get to it later. Uh, but United States title match up next. Bobby Lashley defeats Theory for the U.S. title. And I got to say something about this crowd. Whatever WWE is doing with these storylines and all this stuff, the people that are at these shows are going fucking crazy for it. They love these their dirty draws right now. Um, I can't say I was into that match, but I thought this was a solid, nice like little mid-card match here. Real basic structure of a small shithead and a big, you know, good guy, essentially. And there were a couple cool spots. Um, I think there was a it was like a um, it was like a dive into like a military press into a power slam, something like that with with uh, Theory and Lashley, uh, whatever it is. I don't know if the crowd just hates Theory that much, but when Bobby Lashley won and held that bitch up, like they were like going nuts. Like this well, is our champion. Well, well, one Bobby's been hot uh, pretty much ever since he turned face. He's been hot. Um, like remember, like they wanted him. Like people want him to, you know, to have the the feud with with Roman, right? There are a lot of people, or not everybody, but there's a lot of people that want to see him and Roman again. Like in this with this dynamic where he's the face and Roman's the heel. Um, as opposed to them doing the babyface or babyface scene they did in 2018, I think. But, uh, yeah, like, the he's over, and they do not like Theory, and, like, Theory has, I don't want to say exactly go away heat, but it's not, like, the good kind of heat, definitely. Is his that. gimmick that he's, like, shoot Randy Orton? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. Like he, gets, he, like, he gets these opportunities or whatever else, and he's being shoved down your throat, and he gets these opportunities he's not deserving, but the only reason why he gets is because, like, Vince likes him. Yeah, that's, yeah. Man, shoot Randy Orton. Amazing. Can, can, maybe he except can he's fail six, it. Except he's, like, six foot one or six foot instead of six four. Maybe they can they can rearrange the wellness policy you know, in theory's favor or something to uh, really drive that home. If he gets popped, sure. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, crowd hates him though like yeah. and it, it's like the crowd hates them the internet hates them uh the smart fans hate them the dumb fans hate them um i'm kind of just like the anti-sex pest people hate them correct um i i see him and i'm like <clears throat> i hate to say it like this throw the sex pest stuff aside right uh, <laughs> i what? think of i think about all the talent that they had from essentially NXT TakeOver Dallas on 
from in NXT, right? Yeah. I'm thinking about hundreds of wrestlers that they've had, young ones, older ones, middle aged ones, and yeah. I'm like, so the guy that they've like picked to do all this, the sub thirty guy they've decided to actually do do something with, yeah, is this nigga? Yeah, not Tyler Bate, yeah. I was like, or Pete Dunne, who's still under thirty. Yeah, I'm like, he's okay. Bush now. Yeah, I don't get it. Neither do I. That's 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 why you know. It's, but I don't watch it, so it's, it's it don't matter. It don't bother me as much. Uh, it don't bother me as much because yeah. it's like whatever. Like y'all want to push this sex pass? That's your prerogative. Yeah. So um, I, guess, after I that, mean, at the top, y'all got a sex pass running this fucking thing. So you know. Yes. Um, I can see why he sees so much of himself in him. <laughs> we had a we had a raw women's title match. Bianca Belair and Carmella. This was like challenger of the month, bum of the month. Bianca Belair is fucking awesome. Really big shoulders, lifting the weights. Uh, Bianca is, and Carmella's in there just trying to hold on while before that bear mauls you. And Bianca mauled her at the end. It was a match. You, you want me to add more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen Carmella have better matches. To be nice, yes. Raw or Raw and SmackDown title match. The Usos uh, took on the Street Profits, Angela Dawkins and Montez Ford. Uh, of course, Montez has shown up uh, with a new physique that commentary could not stop talking about. Uh, I think you know this why. was. You know why they want to push that man now because he's gained 10 pounds. Like, that's all it is. Fucking ridiculous. Does he wrestle different? No. Is he no. any more charismatic? No. He just gained 10 pounds of muscle. So, so it's time to push it. It's time to push it. Put the strap, uh, put the rocket uh, uh, launcher to his back. I know, some people, to his back. I know some people think Angela Dawkins is fucked, right? And I think I think some of the behavior I think people had on Twitter was unbecoming, essentially. I don't I, what what happened? Just like going so like we understand you may want to see Montez Ford get pushed and all that. And then like all this damn near throwing out UPS is hiring the, the Dawkins like this guy really has no talent or something fucking like that. good. What like, are you talking about? Like I feel like he went into this match and was like, nah. Like and and every match I see with them, I feel like Angelo Dawkins is working with something to prove. He I feel like he's dies and Seth Rollins no longer does. He sure is, and it's like he's a good wrestler. On his own, yes. uh, he's a good big man. He's a good brawler. Yes, definitely uh, a good I, brawler. And I think people should give him more credit. And I don't say, "Hey, trust WWE what they're going to do with right. him," because right. who knows what WWE is going to do with him. Right. But just because you like Montez Ford, you don't have to bang on Angelo Dawkins like he's just some J Brone because he's not. <laughs> right, like, like when I watch this match, would figure, the, the better team is the Street Profits. Yeah, in 2022. It, well, I think the match was also set up for that to make them shine more like that. Right. Uh, so, what I will say is this: I feel like 
if we're in a world where Kofi Kingston and Big E both can become WWE champion, then we have to then we have to like cool it with the jokes of saying of doing the this person like the serious jokes, like the insulting ones, like you could be like, okay, Montez Ford is the one, like that's cool, but like to then, den- but like the stuff where it is to actually d- denigrate um, D'Angelo and do the your genetic thing or whatever else. At this point, at this space where we've had, like I mentioned, we've had Kofi and we've had Biggie. I- come on, come on, like we're pe- like they don't have to break up, they have to turn on one another, they don't have to just to put the rocket strap to Montez, like. The reason why people, you know, still ride for Kofi and still ride for Big E after everything that's happened with them over the last three years, uh, well, four years at this point, it's because of like they were able to sit, they were able to manage to figure out a way to stick together while uh, they achieved as singles or whatever else, and like it didn't go the way it was supposed to, and they always had something to fall back on. Like we can't just be acting like they're just going to push Montez to the moon and, he, and his, he's about to just beat Roman Reigns in two years of WrestleMania. Let's not be that fucking foolish. Like, come on. Like, I'm not saying that he's a... I'm not saying that... that uh, I'm not saying that that, um, that uh, D'Angelo is like some fallback either, but it's like, let's not just be in a rush just to just to throw him out like like he's fucking bathwater because like you know how this company is they'll be they'll be hoping to wishing they can go back to something like this very soon because they're incompetent let's not forget the part where they're incompetent so yeah like they need to relax on that yeah um as far as match uh the usos ended up defeating the street profits in just over 23 minutes felt like it was longer than that there was a excruciatingly long heat segment part uh, with the Usos, that was what I would term sleep-inducing. Um, there was one in stardom. We'll get to it, but like the build a hot tag, then double down, and then build another hot tag right after it, like that, just because it's a long match, that shit's got to go. Make the match shorter. <laughs> Cut it out. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of people going match of the year on this uh, on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I, w- I wasn't there on, on that level for you guys on that one. I'm sorry. Uh, just there were there was way too many times Jay Uso just like paused for 30 seconds and mean mugged in front of the camera in, in front of hard what camp. What did they fuck up right before the finish? There was I can't remember something. what it was. I, it I was didn't... like some weird thing where they were just sitting there looking like with their thumbs up their asses. I can't yeah. remember what it was. Yeah, there was not the end remember. of the world, but it was like it was some awkwardness thing. I can't remember what it was, but it was blended like something something wasn't going the way it was supposed to until the uh, right before the finish. Yeah, like there was there was just a lot of slow slow pace work like throughout the and they were milking it. They were getting as much as they can out of everything they did. Um, but and then of course towards the end they started you know with the, with the near falls and stuff and the crowd turned up. There was a big dive. Um, Dawkins did. There was one over the ring post. Ford did. Yep. Um, the Usos did. Uh, Does Ricochet other... hate Montez Ford? Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's <laughs> what he didn't say. No, you're like uh, maybe. <laughs> he stole my spot, fucker. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, 
it look it like yo it's not even such as like yo you stole my spot it's like yo i did this shit in like 2014 nobody saw it and <laughs> like that's the people that are praising you have no idea i did this right. or whatever so it's like a lot there but um, I would probably go four stars on this match. Uh, I don't think this is a match of the year candidate or like at all. Um, I think people need to lay off the whatever they're doing. I mean, you're trying to get them into the game. You know how that is. Yeah, this is just a, the, the culture war at it again. Yeah, because, you know, it's like, it's been like, I think this is the only real match. Well, no, the, the one match they had at day one was also was. I think this match is maybe a little better than that match, but it's like those really only matches like the Usos have to speak of this year. Like day one and this one, there might be one on TV that I just don't remember. Um, you know, or there's probably one with, with like uh, then they do like Team RKO, yeah. RK Bro, yeah. There's probably so they probably got like three this year that are like oh these are great you know matches or whatever else that the Usos have had, but it's like compared to who Lucha Bros, FTR, the Young Bucks. Kaguma and Hazuki? Starlight Kid and, and Momo? So, you know, I mean, I, I can't speak to whatever um happened in um uh with the Briscoes, but I'm sure they have a oh, killer. FCR matches. and the Briscoes was like miles like, ahead. Yeah, of I'm it. sure. It Light was. years ahead of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so throw like Ozzy open because they've had a great year so far too. Um, so like yeah, that I've even seen compared to the stuff they've they actually done. So so yeah, like, like, if you can get your hands on it, I know you haven't seen it yet, but must that's must see. What? FDR and Briscoes. Oh, I got it on a hard drive. Okay. I have. Oh, I, I I don't think it's the first time I ever mentioned that me having something on a hard drive. Right? I think that's the first time I've ever, I've ever let that one slip. But yeah, I got I got it. I got I got a copy of I got a copy <laughs> of the uh, DVD. You know, it yeah, came out. Yeah. I got a copy of it uh, on a hard drive. I just haven't watched it. I'm planning on getting to it this week, actually. Um, like, you know, got to get through a lot of stuff that I've not, not watched. Um, like, get it out the way, like a just like a housekeeping thing, like spring cleaning almost. Like, get it, rate it, add it to the collection of stuff, to the roll deck stuff I watched, the database, and then move on because I know, like, by the time we get to, like, in a couple weeks, bro, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. G1 is on deck. G1 uh, Grand Prix starts at the end of the month. Um, there's probably be, I'm probably going to try to watch some in one. It's tournament season. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah, man. Um, and then we had Ronda Rousey taking on Natalia. It was cool. You know, I like these kind there. of matches more than you, though. So, you know. You know, um, it was... I, I, it was a good match. How good? I, I wouldn't say it was some great match, but it was. I thought it was good. Some good. cute spots. Here you go. Anyway, the gist of the story is, like, Natty just going down on her leg, and um, Rhonda is trading submissions back and forth with her. Um, I forgot. But anyway, by the end of it, it really sets up going towards the... Um, the cash in. So after Ronda thwarts this submission grappler, uh, this this fucking dungeon alum, uh, out comes Liv Morgan, uh, and like the bell rings and Liv immediately is put in a uh 
immediately gets put in an ankle lock, and like she like she's about to tap. The crowd's booing that this that this wrestler that uh that just went through a war immediately is you know fighting for her life. You're like, why don't you just roll over and die and quit? <clears throat> um, so. Then Liv looks like she's dead to right. She has no way to get out. Uh, Liv then like kicks the leg and and or kicks um, Ronda's bad knee and then just immediately just hits the schoolboy and, and gets the one two three. Like there's no kick out. Like Ronda apparently was just incapacitated, incapacitated uh, to where it's like she didn't have like the cog- the cognitive awareness to kick out. After getting kicked in the knee, apparently the knee is where the brain is held. Um, so um, she gets pinned. Liv is the, the SmackDown Women's Champion. Ronda, uh, the ref comes in with the belt. Ronda immediately snatches the belt out the ref's hand. Ronda gets up and then hands the belt over to Liv and then gives Liv like a one-handed, one-armed hug and then raises her hand as as she as she walks out in once all in one motion, raises her hand and walks out the ring and leaves. And I was like, yo, they like I know people are happy for Liv, but like Liv is not the protagonist. Like James. Go ahead. A wise man once said on this show, Liv Morgan will never win. And that man is still correct. I don't know what on earth they were trying to pull, but the shit that I saw on this show was not winning. This is not what winners do. This is not how they conduct themselves. This is a make-a-wish program come to life. This is a babyface taking advantage of another babyface's injury. This is a baby. And then the baby face that got, even... got it took advantage of is happy for is happy for her. I'm I'm glad you were able to just beat me up while I was already injured. What? This is a baby face that was not able to hit her own move. That's true. On the said person they were going to cash in on. This yeah. was not honorable. James, do me a favor. Please name three of your favorite wrestlers of all time. Three of my favorite wrestlers of all time? Uh, Please. Okada, um, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, and let's say Tam Nakano. Why not? Awesome. Let's start with Tam Nakano. Oh, God. She had a big championship win last year, James. She won the white belt. Yep. Where was that located? Was that Sumo Hall, if I'm uh, not mistaken? Budokan Hall. Budokan Hall. Budokan Hall. Now, James, if she had to come into that match shortly after competing that night, roll in there against Julia, who was booked against someone else, Uh by the way, doing her own feud. Mm -hmm. And Tam Nakano had to kick Julia's leg out of her leg like Owen Hart. Uh Uh-huh. While she's nursing said injury mm-hmm. and win the championship in that matter, in that manner, excuse uh-huh. me, would you be proud of this? No, would you champion this? No, 
Would you think this was a star-making performance? No. Not, Would you think this it, is some once-in-a-lifetime thing? No. And in fact, if that had happened, like, I would have been, that would have made me, like, my love for stardom would have died. You I, would I, I, think. What brought me in was the part where, like, I knew Tam was officially going to win the title. Yeah. You would think this person was an absolute geek. Loser and, and geek, yeah. And guess what? Liv Morgan still will never win. This was not winning. This was charity. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Uh, like, when I saw that, she, when I heard that she had won, because I didn't watch this, this show live, because why would I? Same. Um, so, I I heard she cashed. She was like, okay, well, this is, yeah, we'll see James, how this goes. This was the embodiment of of Liv Morgan will never win. This right here. Because they don't want her to win. They don't want her to be a winner. Like, this is, like, this is, this goes in line with, like, what they have done to baby faces in WWE um, post-Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement. Like, everybody's along, everybody is the Chicago Cubs. Like, you might win the 2016 World, Ti- World, World Series, but, like, they're still like you got to go through like a hundred years of misery and suffering and getting kicked in the teeth and let down by your team and maybe you're not even actually competitive. Well, everybody else wins, like the Cardinals. The evil Cardinals always win, right? Um, like it. It was not. I'm watching. I'm just like I'm sure people are happy for her because you know there's always people happy for someone's first win and people want to see title changes um, at shows. That's why they always root for them. Heal or not, whatever. Um, and Liv is someone that people think has been underutilized, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. Um, I, I, but I would say is that like while being underutilized, I think you need to also um, have like programs and matches and stories that make you feel that way, as opposed to just seeing like flashes of talent here and there. Um, and I think that's most of what we've seen out of Liv is flashes here and there, but not actually anything really consistent or anything they actually have tried to follow up on to make you actually believe in her in that way. So that's why uh, we always like, you, you know, we talk about this. So when she gets the belt and it's like, all right, now what? This is Nikki A.S.H. Part 2 and they're staring it in the face. I don't know how they see this. This is a geek with a title that is holding it until Charlotte comes back. I think people will push what back on that. What don't they get? I think people will hold back, will push back on that because like the 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 superhero gimmick was such a was so limited compared to uh Liv just just not having that that kind like, of burden on Liv her. Liv just being her. being a sympathy case, a charity case. Hey, being a baby face, a big part of that is being a big sympathy. Right. I'm not so I'm not I'm not even I'm not even going to I'm not going to dismiss what you're saying. But like if she has people behind her, that's half the job. Um, I just think that like those people, they got their heart heart broken really quickly. Like it like how shocked would you be if she were able to like what, what month is it? It's July, right? Oh my gosh, should we put a timer on this? How shocked would you be if she made it to Helen's? Oh, Helen's already happy. Uh, but how, if she got to October, Halloween with the belt? I would be fucking baffled if Same she made here. it to Halloween with, with the title. Because yeah. that would mean she would actually have to beat people, James. Well, <laughs> does that mean that? 
or she could just retain the title through absurd means. I, I was actually thinking more I like Dean Ambrose's at- U.S. title. Where you oh just you never God. you never defend that bitch ever. The, the only thing that I think I could have liked more than how they did this and they geekified the win, so I could still come on here and you know uphold the prophecy of Liv Morgan will never win because this isn't winning, of course. Uh, is if they would have turned her heel in the process of putting the side on her. Oh man! <laughs> then I would have like almost been you, uncontrolled. I did, it, and you fans never believed in me to begin. God damn it! I can hear it fucking now. I can hear it now. <laughs> and the crowd's like, "No, we fucking love your loser ass." And now you, now you want you want to turn on us? Fuck yes! Oh man! Oh, oh. There's that- a story that's going on on the screen, which is there is no story. This is a person who's just doing jobs and jobs and jobs, and then pulled out a golden ticket and then rolled up on you know the champion whatever and then there's like the online stand following of Liv Morgan that's like took on a life of its own and it almost like fell back into the other stuff so um yeah not into it at all um going to come back on this show when, when the when the belt uh gets dropped back off in more capable hands uh come a summer slam come a survivor series come a royal rumble come a wrestlemania and lou will be on the sideline um kind of where she's appropriately slotted come that time why are you so mean man like <laughs> Somebody has to tell no, them the truth. I'm with you, I'm Someone with you on, has to tell them the truth. I'm with you on everything you said. This last part was unnecessary. Got gotta this tell them the truth. I, I, I gotta I gotta tell because I hope they don't believe this, James. I'm not. I'm, no, no, no. I hope the they part don't where you, the part where you just like given that given where this roster is and at this point you say it like they need more capable hands. One more capable hands. Ain't nobody look. Sasha Banks walking through that door. They only walking through that door. Yo, Sheree walking through that door. She's walking out that fucking door real soon. This, this, this is this is what we this is where we are now in American women's wrestling. The time this is where we are. It's rough out here. So, I just figure, come those big four events. They're going to be getting on the phone to get somebody in there. Just how Ronda showed up out of nowhere um, this past January. Look, man. I mean, and a I, lot. And look, and a lot greater people than Liv Morgan have been moved around uh, like the Sav, uh, You know, like Pimp C would say, to, to make room for uh, Bailey, who may be showing back up at any right. moment. Charlotte. Charlotte, who Coming may be off showing back up. Yeah. Who knows if Sasha Banks squashes this whole thing whenever Ronda is deciding to, to come on back. Mm-hmm. And or then also, was, like, and then also, like, when they have uh, Liv Morgan eat a woman's right, you know, they could do that as well. So, God, I, don't see I don't know, you know. Like, this is what I will say. I think she'll come off the belt next, uh, before football season. And then, like, by the time we get to the draft and, like, Becky Lynch... It's like back on SmackDown, and they're clearing the path to get ready for Ronda, Ronda versus Becky. Like she's gonna be, she gonna be back where she was. I hope, I hope it is. It is a fairy tale that what's going on right now. This is make believe, like Ti would say. I mean, make believe. It's all fake. 
This is make believe. This is fool's gold. Don't fall in love with this. What I'm telling y'all, you know, don't don't marry yourself to this idea of this long, fruitful title reign. Look, he's being mean, but he also means well. Like I know, I know that doesn't really sound like it makes to... sense, but like he's trying to be, he's trying to insult you and to snap it out of it. Yes, learn, learn. I'm trying to teach. I know sometimes learning isn't always, you know. Easy. Like you can't just like sometimes you you think this person doesn't have your best interest in mind. No, man, Rich is trying to help you. Rich is trying to save you this 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 burden, this trouble, this agony of going through marrying yourselves to what has been shown to be a loser. Even in winning, is still showing to lose. You know, and and be a geek because you know I, I don't remember Charlotte's first title being won like this. You know, I, I don't remember Ronda Rousey. You know, you know who you know who, like you know this. who's you know who's uh, first title winner. I remember being like this. Who Bailey's? Hell Geek. no! And then you saw what happened. They immediately took it off her like within two months or something like that. So don't there's a precedent for this. Like this. don't cut. Like there's a precedent for this. Like Vince. Like I understand. Like Vince don't respect this. Vince doing it, but he don't respect it. Like there's yep. no he he realizes there's no real sustainability behind this. Yeah, so uh, send it to to all, all the little Morgan stands. Let them let them you know get get upset. But uh, you know we we know who's gonna be on top. Uh, who's gonna be laughing at the end and looking at the calendar? Maybe that's about two and a half months from now. Maybe less. My clock ticking. Look. Uh, so <sighs> y'all better enjoy it. Ten more seconds than passed, you know. So, all right, so uh, what was next? Main event. Main evento. Take me through it. I mean, <sighs> oh, all these money in the bank matches blend together. To yeah, me. that's why I was like, uh, you want me to remember this? I, um. I think the finish was or Riddle was on top of the was on top with Theory. I forgot how Theory gets uh, Riddle knocked off, but he knocks off Riddle and then Riddle is. I'm sorry. And then uh, Theory ends up grabbing the briefcase to the chagrin of everyone that's ever watched pro wrestling. Yes, um, I always love it, James, when a man not advertised for the main event wins it. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, in also, a stroke of genius storytelling, I I also like like the the finishing bout where like it's the sex pest people like versus the sex pest they don't, and they're fighting at the top to see who <laughs> wins the 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 the, the, the cash in any time to be the top champion thing. It is like, wait a second, what? what? But you had so many, but you had so many people in the match that aren't sex pests. Couldn't have went with any of them, even by accident. Yeah, like I mean. Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. They no. say they like Seth okay. Rollins. Sheamus, no. Know. Okay, you know. fine, fine. Oh, I guess one other I- thing about the Usos and the New Day match. They had to throw the he didn't have his shoulder down thing into they did. it. Yep, they did. Which I thought was stupid because well, because it, 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 they want to set up a match for SummerSlam, right? But like it's like he was getting pinned, heard them counting, and decided not to try to attempt to kick out like he had did for any other time in the match. And I'm like, that's just dumb. Like I and it's just like, all right, y'all got to do another match, okay? 
so this match, as you mentioned, like they're very much all the same, but this match was at points damn good. And then almost was getting away and fuck it all up. And in a way that was reminding me of like the takeover 25 match with all the tag teams where like it was like uh, Red Dragon and Street Profits and Oni or I mean, Lurkin and Birch and and uh, the Forgotten Sons and uh, Gunner kept coming in. Uh, what 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 I forgot what Gunner's name is. Um, Jackson Jackson Riker. Riker. Jackson Riker kept interfering, and then like eventually like it gets to this spot that keeps getting remeemed like every six months that I see where like it's just. All the tag teams coming and whoop his ass and bring a ladder and drag him, and then the crowd got, got kept getting hotter and hotter as they whooped his ass eventually to get him off the table. And it's like almost it's almost like that where like he kept getting in the way and mucking up the match. He kept gumming up the gears of the machine, and then every time they got him off the t- uh, kept you know killing him to get him away from the match. The match would like get good again. It was like here's an idea: just never put him in the match to begin with. You got to do all that. Um, but yeah, like it was a it was still a very good match. But you know, they they it's they're very they all kind of run together, and I mean, and that's ladder matches in general because like all these ladder matches all from everywhere all just ridiculous. Um, they're fun, they're dangerous, and that's a but like a week later you just say that was a really good match. What do you remember? Maybe a spot or, or two, but like the whole thing, no, nah, it's hard to do yeah, unless it's like yeah. a singles match. It needs to be less of them. But I know I know you've advocated long for no for 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 the the uh, what do you call it uh, the, the uh, I won't say the disarmament like how people oh, talk about like uh, money in it. the bank needs to be abolished. Uh, I don't think that money in the bank needs to be abolished. I just think they need new bookers. But I mean that's the, that's the case with everything. Well, I, well, I think the concept they, everything sucks. they do in their everything they do on a yearly year to year basis it's all intact it all makes sense whatever else the problem is the booker sucks fix the don't fix the don't fix the gimmicks that have, that that all makes sense or whatever else change the booker like they could have uh they could have had someone pull the briefcase down like Liv Morgan for example mm-hmm. they could have had her come out the next night on raw and be like yo or SmackDown, like I'm challenging Ronda as SummerSlam for it, right? I think you're gonna say I'm challenging it one night only. <laughs> I got but, and that's like that's an honorable, and you set up a match or whatever, right? right? And it would almost be fresh to do it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, she does this cash on Ronda. There's rumors that it's them two at SummerSlam lives the champion because I, fi- I guess they figured they can't put her on the marquee at all uh, as a challenger. She has to go in as a champion with that with the A side going in as Ronda Rousey, still not the champion. Um, Maybe it's a lack of belief, but I, I just think the concept has run its course in what it, like if they're not going to pull out any new variations, I feel like the concept has run its course. And I felt like that a few years ago, especially seeing is like how these these winners keep getting worse and fucking worse. That, when, and that's when the fuck, problem with fucking, fucking Otis booking. is winning the shit and like, you know, it but, is going Rich, this year. That, that is the problem of bad booking. If you can't get like you, 
how do how does Royal how does everything except Royal Rumble and WrestleMania always sneak up on them when this calendar is basically the same every single fucking year? There's always a money in the bank. There's always a hell in the cell. Like this is, like this doesn't happen when it's time for for two K to do uh, for Tony Khan to do Blood and Guts or do um, Stadium Stampede. He always has a match because he knows what's on the calendar. Like. He's not gonna. He's not gonna get blindsided when it's time to do that battle royal to figure out who are the two dudes are gonna fight for the MJF uh, battle bowl ring. That's not gonna happen come uh, fall of this year. He's gonna know why because it's his fucking schedule. It's his calendar. This bad booking, like, like this. This is the only place where this happens. We never have bad New Japan Cup winners. We never have bad Cinderella winners. We never have bad G1 winners. We never have bad uh, Grand Prix winners. It's only this fucking company that fucks this up. We didn't have bad Dusty. Uh, we didn't have bad Dusty Cup winners. It's the Booker. This is fake. You can build the momentum. The wins and losses are shit that you write in a notebook and you say who goes up and who goes down. Liv could have won matches four weeks in a row before this. Right. Like, think about it like this. How did Becky Lynch get over? Because they gave her a fucking win streak. People were like, oh, yeah, she has, she's hot. And then they beat her. And they were like, well, and people were like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> and then people were like, that's not a story you were told. Bullshit. You, you, she went on a winning streak. Also, the road dog. Stop trying to twerk for a contract uh, in AEW on, on the timeline. Stop it. Like this is, this is maddening. I watch this once a month, and I'm, it is maddening. Diogo, New Japan doesn't fuck up often, but I can never forget Evil Watanabe winning the New Japan Cup. <laughs> that's, that's like a fair. once in a. That, that's that's a, one out of. That's one out of how many though? Out of a look, half. A, it, of a, yeah, it's a really bad one. Fair right? point. Fair point. But, fair point. Fair point. Fair point. Sometimes you try to make a guy, and it and it and it's a disaster. Yep. Um, but you can't but say he didn't have a minimum when he went out there and he beat Naito, he beat Okada, he yeah, like, and he became champion. If you beat Okada and Naito, you kind of got to be gotta, champion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't really have much else for this. Uh, so James, I guess it's time to hit the music. Okay. Man, opening that pack felt so good. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to talk about the um, June 26th Cork and Hall show. And because uh, Rich was 28th. I didn't say 28th. No, you said 26th. You're right, my bad. 26th was the double cage match show, uh, the pay per view. So uh, this was two days later. Uh, this was the Corkin after that. It, that was on a Tuesday, and then or was it on a Monday? I can't remember. Whatever. Two days after the pay per view, uh, it was a Tuesday because this paper was on a Sunday, same day as uh, for Bendor. But uh, and then I uh, watched their Saturday, the show from Saturday because they actually got up, um, and I watched it all today. Um, and I'll fly through that. But uh, Rich actually uh, watched like a chunk of uh, the Corkin All show, so we'll talk about it. Um. 
first match on the show is, uh, and this is like the final night. And this is also like on the show is the final night of the qualifier qualifying tournament for the um, um, G1 to get in. So at this point, um, Ami, she swept her block. So she was four, uh, eight points. She's in. And then um, you had some tiebreaker scenarios um, of people having to win and lose to, to get in. So, uh, uh, the first match was Kogo versus Rena, and there was no stakes involved. Or actually, there were stakes in this where, like, if Rena won, she could have helped, she could have had a chance to, like, continue to stay alive depending on, um, the next two matches. But at the end, Kogo ends up finishing, um, Rena with a flip over crucifix bomb. I gave it two and a half stars. Uh, the next match was Ida versus Hina. And that so at this point with uh Rena out like Ida has to, I think Ida has to win to get in and uh, she does she ends up beating um, Hina with an Ida Rock uh, so she gets in and then the last match was uh, Roaka versus uh, Mai where like I think either one of them um, win, wins and gets in uh, Mai ends up uh, catching Roaka with a with a flash pin she calls the Ami. Uh, uh, sorry, the the my pan roll and gets the win. I gave it a uh, two and a half stars. The best match of the three were were Ida versus Hina. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, for this tournament, the best the MVP of this thing easily was Ida. Like she had like every match she had was either three stars or like two and three quarters. Um, so like you know she was someone that shouldn't even had to. I thought she's someone that should just been in it. But whatever, they gave her the road to where she got in at last minute. It was cool. So um happy she's in it. My being in it, I'm fine. Someone has to eat pins. Um, and also, Ida's going to eat a lot of pins in this too. But, like, she is going to have quality matches while she's getting eating pins or whatever else. Like, she's always going to have, like, three and a quarter to three and a half while she's getting her ass kicked. But it's going to be fun. Uh, Ami, I don't know what they do with her. But, like, she's in the opposite block. And we'll get to we'll talk about the blocks. Um, you want to talk about the blocks now or later? Um, we might as well talk about the blocks. Do you have them? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I do have them. Uh, so, um, the blocks, a lot of them are, I don't want to say exact resemblances to last year's block, but like basically they basically had a core of people from each block inside it. Let's just kind of recreate that and, um, have that, uh, from last year and kind of keep, these core matches, these core people together. So, um, this year's red block is the, the core of it is last year's blue block. So you have Shuri, red belt champion. You have Tam Nakano, you have Utami, you have Azumi and you have, uh, Micah who were all in last year's and also Unagi, um, that were in last year's, uh, blue block. It was one of my favorite block in, uh, since watching stardom and like, uh, also added to that, you have, um, Risa Sarah from Ice Ribbon, Saki from Colors, and now, like, alright, so, Rich, um, Saki, second Saki, Saki Watanabe, yeah, Saki Watanabe, um, I gotta figure out, I gotta give her a singular name to call her while I do these shows, cause I can't, cause her and Saki Kashima are in the same block, and I can't have that. It's gonna be confusion. It's gonna be tongue twisters and fuck. Call it a sock. So the sock. Okay, I'm not doing that. So um, <laughs> because because you actually uh, found out her last name is, is Watsnabe, I am going to suggest that we 
uh, if you if you come up with something better, you let me know. But I guess for lack of a better word, we call her so- uh, Sakanabe. Does that work, or do you want something better? I, I'll just go uh, Saki Watanabe. That that works for me. Okay, you. If, I I gotta come up with something. I I don't know Saki Dub. I don't know, man. I, I we gotta come up with something. Y'all that listen to this show that hear that ever hear my voice when it comes to this. If y'all can get back to me, because I, I look, I've messaged JD from Red Leaf. I've messaged uh, JML. I messaged. Uh, I don't think I messaged uh, Niagara Driver. I messaged someone else. Like we gotta come up with a name. We gotta come up with a name besides Saki. It can't be too Saki. Like, there's one Saki here. This is second Saki. We gotta come up with a name for her because I can't. I can't have this. I just can't. Especially trying to write notes. I know I'm gonna fuck this up. So y'all get back to me on what y'all are trying to f- or suggestions for for calling her uh, whatever we call her. But I, I need something, something, anything, anything. Uh, anyway, um, so. Also with that, you have uh, Kaguma, you have Tekla, um, you have My Sakurai, uh, Hameka, uh, and like I, I really like this block. I, I really feel like this year's uh, roster is more even. Like last year's blue block just felt like you know felt like the fucking 2017 Warriors as opposed to like I feel like, I feel like the red still has a like the red has like. I feel like the res A block, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the blue's good as well. So what what puts it over the top for you to make you think that the red block is so much uh, better? All right, uh, the last two red belt champions, uh, you got Shuri and, and Utami. You got Tam in there who's doing great work. Azumi's mm-hmm. gonna beat one of those three at some mm-hmm. point. Kaguma's in there. Um, Tekla is interesting. Uh, Unagi is interesting. Saki Watanabe is interesting. Um, and Micah's in there. Yeah, Micah and Hameka. Like that, that, that mm-hmm. those two uh, facing off. It's definitely more of the. Else. I feel like it. I, uh, with the, with this year being um, where the, the like the red belt champion and the white belt champion aren't in the same block like it has been since 2019, mm-hmm. um, it feels more like. Like this feels like the the division or a lot of it like with Tam and with Tam and Micah and Hameka and Utami, like it feels like these are and also like Arisa Sarah in here, like it feels like this is Shuri in here with like her close like with outside of Julia and Mayu, like all of her closest challengers. Mm-hmm. Where you look at like the blue block, and it's like you see Kamatani, you see Nasapoi, and you see Starlight Kid, and you see Mina. Like uh, that seems more like you know her closest challengers. You know, like if it's more like it, like the like the blue block may as well be called the white block. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so, I, I think from that perspective, like that's why I kind of see it as even. And then I think of like. All right, who are the two best workers in the company? In my opinion, it'd be Mayu and Shuri still, right? Uh, who are the who are the who are the three and four people? I would say Momo and Utami. Then you'd be like, all right, well, who's the who's the five and six? I'd probably say something along the lines of like Julia and Tam, and you, they're all split in that way. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I was going. And then you look at the high speed, and you look at like the size people, right? Like so, you got Micah and Hameka as like the bash sisters, right? They got Ami and Mirai in the other block. 
uh, the high speeders, right? You got Azumi Kaguma and Tekla. On the other on the other side, you got Hazuki and Kid and uh, Nasapur. Right, yeah. like so. That's why I was. That's why I felt like it was balanced in that way. Like it was like it was styles, yeah. sizes, yeah, and then also like this title pictures. So mm. like, uh, but I and I, I felt like I felt like even the talent was kind of evenly distributed because it's like I would have much rather have seen like uh, for example, um, Ida in this in the red block than in the blue block, but they put Mai there. Right. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I don't know. I. I was just, that's my initial thoughts on it, but um, all I know is uh, Mayu was Mayu was thinking the heavens. She ain't got to face Saki Kashima. <laughs> they already did that once this year. They ain't gonna do that again. Uh, so as far as uh, the blue block, as, as you mentioned, they got Kamatani, the white belt champion. Uh, they have Mayu. They have Julia. They have Starlight Kid, Momo, Hazuki, Nasapoi. Ida, Mina, Hannon, Mirai, Ami, and Suzu Suzuki. And like that's another high speeder type or whatever else. Yeah. I, like so um yeah, I I just I just really like like I mean the only complaint I really have about uh this tournament is like there's no Utami Momo match cuz they're in different blocks. But outside of that like I think it's pretty pretty well uh, like roster positioning wise, like I can kind of see where everybody falls in with points. I uh, as far as like uh, what you need, as far as like you know, power wrestler versus speed wrestler, all arounder versus submission specialist. I, I feel like you know, I feel like I did a good job with this, especially or did a better job than last year. Where it was like, okay, uh. All right, it's gonna be the number five person in the in the tournament is like Kamatani or Micah it, because there's Takumi and Tam and, and Shuri and Utami at the top four. Like, god damn, they're loaded. So I feel like they did a better job this year. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, like, this is definitely the best field. Like, it, we didn't get Takumi this year, which is sad. But mm-hmm. there's as you mentioned, there's an even distribution of talent. I think I like the way the red blocks talent will work with each other more than the mm. blue. Okay. Yeah. I think just because there's there's big matches I want to see more. Like I want to see another Shuri and Utami match. Mm-hmm. Shuri and Tam is new. Shuri and Izumi and Shuri's on upset alert. There, I feel like. And can that's we get- night one. They're doing that can- night one. And they're playing off oh. the part where like Azumi's two and zero against her in Grand in uh, Grand Prix matches. Can Azumi get a red belt title match this year? That's mm-hmm. what I want to know. Um, then of course, um, I know Saya and Starlight can have a white belt title match coming up. So this mm-hmm. in the block could be a rematch or something like that mm-hmm. uh, of the second of three matches that happens. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like just looking at it. Um, I mean, I, I mean. You look at the blue block. I mean, because now we're about to go into a preview thing, but we're like, I'm uh, almost a month away. But like, then you see, like, I see, like, I am disappointed there is no Momo in the red block. But at the same time, it's like they're going to they're going to have an, a, another Hazuki and Momo match. Sign me the fuck up. So like, yeah, I um, I I I think that I, I really like this tournament. I think it's going to be loaded. Um, I I've seen some of the dates for uh for the end for like the uh the final and it, it seems to me like they're pushing the blue block to be like the block that quote unquote main events 
like last year they did the they did all of uh the red block matches first and did the blue block matches last and then they got to the final. This year it seems like they're doing all the blue block matches last again and then the red block matches going first because like um Utami's wrestling Kaguma in night in the last night. Um Shuri is facing Risa Sarah. Tam's facing uh Saki W. Um like there's not like the only big match in uh in the red block or big match is like uh Micah versus Emeka. And the, but like the blue block is gonna be like <coughs> Kid and Mayu, uh Suzu and and Julia, um I can't remember who Momo's facing. I can't remember who Suzuki's facing. I can't remember who Kamatani's facing. But like, just I, it feels like they're set up for Blue Block to, to make quote unquote main event this this show. Um, and I mean, they got two. They definitely got two matches to do with because Kid and Star and Mayu's a big deal, and Suzu and Julia they've been itching to do this all year. Yeah, um, now he's gonna have to assess Shuri, you know. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's always funny when Unagi assesses Shuri because it's up with Unagi, like, basically, like, almost dying. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess we should now, um, get back to the, uh, the 628 show. Um, so, after we got through all the festivities with, you know, um, closing in who's going to get into the Grand Prix, uh, they did a, a bit of, a weird singles match. They did Kid versus Waka. Um, now, this match, as you mentioned before, Waka sometimes is just flat out terrible, right? She's the worst yes. wrestler on the roster. Uh, you know, you say what you want to about how you what you think of other wrestlers or whatever else. I just think like just match to match, move for move, bar for bar, skill for skill, whatever else. She is just the least talented wrestler, or le- and also least experienced wrestler. Uh, or with combination of talent and, and experience on the whole entire roster. Uh, she was in there with Kid, and Kid like just said, "I'm just going to work around all the things you can do. We're not going to do anything you can't do, and I'm going to tell this story of me working over your legs. I need to go over this leg submission, um, this new leg submission. That I can try. That I'm going to try to put Kamatani in, and I'm going to build it now to get towards this match. I have a Kamatani in a couple weeks. So they did all that." And like this match was good, and I, like I, I think I sent you a, t- a message like last week or, or whatever else saying, or, or a couple days ago saying like I, it's almost like a Bret Hart carry job. <laughs> she carried her to three stars, <laughs> and and like there's near falls and all this stuff, and it's like I can't believe that like I can't believe that Sonic Kid is actually doing a good job of like giving off like the the the, the threat that like the white belt challenger potential next white belt champion is in danger to Waka Sukiyama, but it, it worked it um, at the end. Um, kid got back to the leg and, and slapped on a brand new submission on Waka. Uh, she calls it a black tiger leg destroyer. It's basically a, uh, a modified stretch muffler. It's a stretch muffler with like a leg choke. Uh, also, uh, it looks, it looks, it looks brutal. Um, so, Marco. yeah. So, uh, then, uh, then you end up getting from there, you get, uh, another singles match. You get, uh, hand in defending the future belt versus Tomoka and, and, and Naba from, um, just tap out. She is the, uh, the future or the junior's champion, uh, in Sendai girls. Um, what do you think of this match? 
Um, I thought this was like, all right, Hannon, it's time for some real shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it went to a draw. Mm-hmm. And 15 minute time limit I, draw uh, for uh, for the futures matches. Top 15 minute time limit. I think it was like a, you know, how do you say, like a young boxer has to step up in class, mm-hmm. essentially. I think that's what this was for Hannon. It was like, all right, there's the cute openers that you were doing that, you know, nice and solid or whatever. But this one's like in the middle of the show. There's expectations here. It's an outsider. Like, this is not somebody that's normally probably in your dojo with you, like mm-hmm. making sure everything's right. Like, this is like a like kind of a showcase right here. Yeah, and she's just yeah. here around for basically like uh the new blood stuff. Yeah. And uh I thought it was cool. I thought it was um I'm not I don't remember the young lady's name. Tomoka. Tomoka, okay, yeah. She had some cool submission stuff. She came out, she was doing like the kata, it seemed like right. uh when she first got in the ring, I was like, Oh, did she about to do some ninja shit? Like and so <laughs> oh I was like <laughs> I was like, oh shit. So, and it was, um, I, I thought it was cool. Like, it, it was a good step up in class for Hannon, like, to shake her up from having to fight Ruaka and, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the regulars. And their sisters, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a good match. I, 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 people, I saw people talk about this as if this was like, the best futures match ever or like something approaching like three and three quarters. And I was like, nah, um, I, I felt a lot of this match was just like, we, we know what the story is and we keep going back to the story, but we're out of moves. Like they kept going back to the ankle lock and kept going back to the ankle lock and kept going back to the ankle lock. I was like, bruh, it's 15. It's only 15 minutes. Fuck. But, um, I like the story was very good. I thought uh Hannah selling was great. I thought that Tomoka looked like a killer in there as a submission specialist. Um and like I think that she does a really good job of even while being like a good striker and kicker, like holding off on the kicks and the strikes and saving it for the second and third act of a match, just even if this match is only with fifteen minutes. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, I thought it was a very good match, but I, but I, it did feel like they were padding this match, like they, it felt like they had ten minutes worth of match, or twelve minutes worth of match, and they were like, oh, we just gotta hold on for the last three minutes because we, we got, we'd already told a story, but we ain't got nothing else. So let you get you, you grab the ropes, you escape, and then I'll put you right back into it again. And then she was, and his hand was holding on for dear life, screaming her head off. But yeah, it's a good. It was a. It was a very good match, and um, I want to see him have a, another one. And um, I think at this point, Hannon already uh, set the, or just set the defense record by getting past this. And um, after this, she calls out Waka because she already had a, a singles match set for with Waka at the next pay per view, and she says, "Well, I'm, I you know I want to defend it against you." And Waka's like, "But I haven't won," and I fucking howled because it's like, "Yeah, you don't deserve this at all," but. Hand is so nice, and she's like, "I gave you a shot." Um, now, now, if we come, because uh, the pay per view is uh, this weekend, if we come back next weekend and Waka is the fucking future stardom champion, we I, are opening the show <laughs> with Waka Sukiyama, and we are going to talk about what a real winner looks like. <laughs> oh my god! I want to spend. I didn't know where you were going. I had no idea. 
If Walker wins. Oh, my God. I mean, Lisa told a story. like, Because this whole losing streak has been a story of, like, when is she going to get her first win? The crowd all behind her. They're, they're going crazy for her to win. If she Because now Hannah has set the record. There's nowhere else for her to go. Like, it's, like. It would be fucking hilarious if she was if she did become future. I don't think it's gonna happen, but like if they were to do it, it would be like, well, they did tell a story with this whole thing, and now I don't know what they do with it. Like probably it goes to one of the uh, one of the, to Hino Arena, but whatever. Like we'll see. What well, Zero says is Hannon being nice or is she gassing up the defense record with an easy win? Hey, everybody gets paid to do this. There's no such thing as easy wins in the NFL. They're all professionals. Right. Yeah. And look, Waka, any given, look, look, any given Waka, Sunday. Trained fighter. Right. When she put up her fist, she's like this. Trained fighter every single time. <laughs> it's <just> hilarious. <laughs> trained fighter. MJ was good, man. Oh, man. So, all right. So, uh, let's see where we are now. Okay. So, uh, next match after that, you have... Um, Six, I'm sorry, eight person tag. It is, um, I guess Cosmic Colors. It is, uh, Mina, Unagi, uh, Second Saki, and Hikari Shimizu versus Utami, Kamatani, Azumi, and Lady C. And I felt like this whole match is basically like everybody's in, everybody's out, everyone's flying around. And then at the end, um, it's Lady C and, um, and in second Saki and second Saki hits her her uh, running brainbuster deal that looks really cool. And when I gave it three and a half, I thought they I thought everyone flew around in this match. I thought it was very entertaining. Um, uh, next match after that, you end up getting um. This was effectively a number one contendership match for the trios titles. Uh, it's Mayu Hazuki and Kaguma who uh, said they were gunning for the titles, the trios titles, versus Shuri Mirai in um, Ami versus Damamano, Julia, Micah, and Hameka versus Momo, Saki, and Death. And this match is a four-way trios match. It, ha- it has elimination rules. So, but it's single elimination. It's not you got to eliminate all three people. You got to eliminate one person. So, but it's also no tags. Like, so it basically turns into like a PW, one of those PW starter matches basically breaks into like comedy and PWG and craziness. This one was one of those. So, mm. so too much shit happened in this match for me to try to recap. The gist of it is like ever since the SWA title match between uh, Death and Mayu, they have put Mayu and Death in these situations where like uh, Death eliminates Mayu in elimination matches by basically just grabbing her around the arms and just saying, and basically sacrificing herself and saying, you're the top star in stars. I am, I am a pet. I grab you. I take you out. We have a chance to win for Oda Oedo Tai. I take you out. And like every single time, uh, Mayu is like upset. So this time, um, they tried it. And this time, Star's like, we're not having this. So, and Oedo Tai also cheats all the time. Anyway, when someone gets eliminated. So, they both, like, went off the apron. And Star's and Oedo Tai threw them back up on the apron. And then Julia just drop kicked them right the fuck off. And Julia, like, after always losing in every single elimination match she's ever in, finally got the winning fall. 
in an elimination match, and she was so happy. It was funny. Uh, Long-form storytelling. So, uh, then, and I ended up giving this match, like, three and three quarters. I I really enjoyed this match. Uh, So, then you end up getting the main event. Um, After this match, uh, Rossi put out a tweet saying that... um, Hold on, how is Rossi tweeting from the dead? He no-sold it. Kicked out of two. (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. So, so, uh, Rossi tweeted out uh, after this match, or the day after this match, something like that, something along the lines of, uh, I did basically saying, like, explaining kind of why he did the story of pay-per-view match, cage match, and second match, regular rules match. Basically saying, like, um... Originally, it was supposed to be just one match, and it was like, well, we got to have something. We can't just have, may as well have two matches, two cage matches while we're having it. So they end up doing the match. But telling the story all together, it makes a lot of sense. But said that, like, Natsupoy had never main evented in a singles match in Cork Hall before. She's been around wrestling for, like, since at least 2016. Really fucking good. First time ever main eventing in Corican Hall. And like this was like the biggest one of her career. Um, and she said that Nasboy texted her and said like she's happy that she came to stardom. There's a person now that's now in her this is her third promotion. Right? Like never found a place to put her over, never found a place that like spotlight her at the top and did this kind of stuff with her for a variety of reasons, not necessarily the promotion's control, just it is what it is. And um like Combined with the story from what you call the super depressing match from, from uh, the pay-per-view where Tim beat the, the the stuffing out of her and we ended the show uh, last week and you were like, she better fucking win. And then when we got off air, you were like, T- she's probably going to win on a roll-up. This was way, this was, she just finished Tim. And I thought this was, I thought this was great and told a great two-match story, but um, the match, the match. Uh, so, what Man, are your thoughts on this? And we'll I'll go through the match. Yeah, I thought this was a better wrestled match. I think overall in a vacuum, I think I would take the cage match still, mm-hmm. even though I was damn near depressed by it. But mm-hmm. like, um, I it was cool to see like them kind of turn up the pace in this match mm-hmm. uh, as compared to the the cage match. The Randy Savage sequence of hitting her with five moves off the top rope was fucking hilarious. Um, I knew about that before I watched the match. Okay, uh, that was that was some Savage Warrior shit. Uh, we gonna wake Tam up with 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 this new finish I got off the top rope and shit. I think we're slamming each other on the wood outside the ring. Tam five foot one throwing the referee out, around and shit. I was fucking dying. Um, but at the end of the day, it was like, can Nassipoy put her away? And she did. And that was like, hell yeah. Like, right. should nobody be getting whooped in the way she was getting whooped and, and patronized uh, the way Tam was patronizing her uh, at the end of that match, like, without standing up for yourself, essentially. Like, nah, man. Like, if she didn't win, she had to lose, go to hell. She had to leave the promotion. Like, no. She had to go join WWE or something. Oh, my God. Um, so, 
she gets the, the ever-loving shit beat out of her and choked out and murdered and killed. And, like, um, it's funny because uh, I saw some tweet in that, that um, Tam did, did some, like, uh, video gaming stream with Tai Chi. And Tai Chi's in a Tam shirt, which is fucking hilarious. And, uh, like, Tam is wearing, like, this VR headset. And she's, like, scared to death of, like, this horror video game that Tai Chi's playing. Or, she, or Tai Chi's having her play. And then she talked about how scary she is. And then, like, Tam at the end, like, or on Twitter's, like, talking about how, like, she's only scared of, she, like, she doesn't, like, she's not scared of anything except for heights and horror, right? And then that's why tweets at her, you idiot, you were just on top of, like, you can't be scared of heights, you were just on top of a cage. And then, like, uh, Tam's response was, like, I wasn't scared of the cage, I was scared of your dead body crawling towards me. He's like a zombie, but uh, Bro, but yeah, like just thinking out. of like how badly she beat the hell out of her, and then like Nats boy just would not go down and stay down and die. She just kept going, and then like Tam had to choke her out, hanging from the cage, very similar. Uh, and and, and then like late, a couple days later, uh, Brody King steals that spot from, from Tam, and that's a point to do with the Darby to win the uh, battle royal, but uh. The go to two days later, where it's like they could have done a stretcher job on that boy for real. Uh, yeah. Two days later, where and then basically start the match off, where it's like Tam is almost like I didn't break this woman. I am breaking this woman today, bro. So when she comes out in her entrance, right? I got this like feeling from Tam where she she was walking out with such arrogance. It was like. I don't know why I'm like, she almost didn't, wasn't even looking at Nat support, mm-hmm. right? Wasn't even acknowledging she was there. I was like, I can't believe I got to like get in there and do this again, but I'm not going to let her know that I'm affected by this. That's, mm-hmm. that's what the interest looked like to me. Okay. So, uh, Nat's boy drop kicks her. They end up outside the ring. Nat's boy acts like, or it, Tries to, you know, start with a head of momentum by, you know, catching um, Tam at the start of the match. Tam quickly uh, cuts her off and then body slams her hard as fuck on the the floor, on the mats. And then does it again. Then Natsupoy gets one. Then Tam does a couple more times. And then somehow one of them, or one of them tries to expose the, uh, the, move the mat to expose the, the, the parquet floor. And then the other one cuts the other one off. And then uh, Nassipoy goes to body slam Tam. Tam gets down and then body slams uh, Nassipoy hard as fuck on this uh, parquet. And then, like, it makes this loud-ass sound. And the crowd gasps and and all that. And then it's just basically, like, now it's, like, basically gets you right back to where you were at the cage match. Where it's, like, Tam's on top and Nassipoy just won't die. And eventually, um, Nassipoy, they get back in the ring. And Nassipoy, why does all happen, like... Tam is pushing the ref out the fucking way so she can, he, she can continue to, bo- to body slam her on uh, Nassipoy on the floor. And then they end up in the ring again, finally get a match back into the ring. And um, at some point, Nassipoy had just had enough and fired up and just hit Tam with this spinning back kick to the face uh, that just dazes Tam, then hits her with a bunch of forms, and then hits her with a, a, a soul butt to the gut that puts Tam on her knees. And then Nassipoy hits like, a sliding soul butt like from on a ground position that like completely rocks Tam looks fucking awesome and then as you mentioned earlier like Nasboy gets to the top and hits like her spin dive 
like five times in a row and it goes for the pin and you know she wins matches with that tam kicks uh and then they go from there tam at some point who never goes to the top row for anything other than to do a cross diving crossbody while Tam, while Nat's was on the ground, she does the the twist dive, and I'm just like, oh, she's fucking trolling. Tam's out here trolling the shit out of Nat's boy. Uh, but by the end, you get Germans, you get uh, Tiger suplexes, you get uh, um, straight jacket suplexes, um, and by the end, Nat's boy like finally breaks out of a brand new move. Like she does a twisting uh, dive that she was doing, but this time it's a twisting dive with like a knee, with like a, either a knee or a foot stomp in it that just like devastates Tam and then she hits Tam with uh her German suplex finish that looked gross. Uh landed Tam landed uh, high on Tam's neck and gets the win and it's like the biggest win of her career and like they're just both laid out in the middle of the floor exhausted next to each other and then Nats boy gets up and she's crying. She's like I won. She's like I finally won the big one. Finally got over this hump and like like she starts saying like before she goes on to say this thing, she, like, noticed that something's wrong with Tam's face. And she's like, you have no eyebrows. And I fucking howled laughing because it was like, what? Yes. But uh, then she says, Tam, you really are amazing. And <laughs> and starts saying nice things. And Tam is like, Tam gets her, gets her own mic. She's like, huh? What? Like, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to break kayfabe? What the fuck are you doing? Be nice to me. Like, we hate each other guts. Get out of here. But uh, Nat's boy then says, like, Tam wants to kind of squash it. Like, you know, you... You finally got you finally got to this level that you felt like you never could get to because you beat me here. You got your big win, like congratulations, that sort of thing, and tried to extend a hand. And that's what was like, no, 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 no. Just because just because I beat you this one time don't mean like this is over or I, I feel like I've actually like fully surpassed you. Like we're gonna do this again. We're like we're gonna do this again. And um, they didn't they end up in different blocks, but so that'll be for another time later. But. Which is probably for the best because they beat the shot of each other two times. You want to do it another time in a month? Like that's a little overkill. This ain't WWE. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, celebrates with and does sign off with her friends and super happy. And I was like, yeah, like I kept looking, I kept thinking, like, is there a bigger match she's ever won? And then thinking about like her placements, other places, like probably not. And then you know, seeing the. Uh, the story about uh, that Rossi put out about like a first time her main eventing Court and Hall is like, oh yeah, this is the biggest match of her career, or this was the biggest one of her career. That's crazy. Um, and then uh, last uh, Saturday that shows up from um, the second of July. I'll run through this real quick. Kogo uh, and face Lady C. Kogo beat Lady C with her nectar peach. It's a uh, like a pump handle. Um, is a pump handle uh, vertical suplex pin. Uh, I gave it two and a half stars. There was a Mayu and Ida versus Saki and Death match where, like, <sighs> Mayu gives Death a top rope Hurricane Rana, and then, like, in the opposite corner, Ida goes up and goes for a shoulder block, but uh, Saki cuts it off and goes for a top rope Rana, but, like, she loses her balance going up, so Ida grabs her around the legs, and then, like, Saki just immediately goes to jump up to go to the Rana, but like Ida doesn't get her hands back out the way. So like as Saki jumps, she doesn't get her legs above like Saki's shoulders or sorry, uh, Saki doesn't get her legs above Ida's shoulders. They just get caught basically like in Ida's armpits. So something like she's giving like a body hurricane Rana and like 
Ida basically like lands on her fucking forehead, and like I don't know how she didn't like get a a neck injury, but it looked gross, and I was I was it was horrifying looking. But like Ida just gets up, soldiers through, continues with the match, and then um it breaks into her four way, and um Mayu goes to super kick uh Death, who uh is trapped by Ida, but Death gets escapes out the way. The super kick catches Ida. Um, Saki ends up throwing Mayu or grabbing Mayu and tackling her to the ground and then uh, Death ends up uh, pinning Ida with a O'Connor only gets the win uh, I ended up giving like two and a half stars uh, or no sorry I gave it two and three quarters um, then there's a then there's a Shuri and Mai match which you know it's gonna happen in the Grand Prix I was like why are you doing this match and then like the match happens and um Mai sticks her hand out for a hot for a handshake. Shuri obliges. She gets suckered. She's all over Shuri. Shuri quickly cuts her off, whoops her ass, and progressively this turns into like one of those old, like last year matches between like Shuri and Unagi, where like it's gonna be the thing where like your progress is against her and she's gonna beat your ass the whole time and you just gotta hold you gotta hold on and buckle up and strap and strap in because you're in for a ride but like this match turned really good this match turned good i'm giving three stars and it's a mid-card match where like it's a squash match that's extended where like sure you just torturing this woman but she's showing her heart so it was cool um then from there there's i thought this match was disappointing uh utami kamatani and azumi versus momo kid and rawaka I don't know if it, it, they just felt like just going through the motions. Felt like just going through the motions. Still, still three stars. Felt like just going through the motions. At the end, you end up having uh, Kamatani. After I guess a whole year of me complaining about her matches with Roaka, where like she has to do these flash runs to beat her because she can't get her up. Gets her up for the Star Crusher and drops her. Gets the win. Um, and then after the match, uh, Kid attacks. Oedotai attacks. Uh, Queen's Quest and Starlight Kid puts uh, uh, Kamatani in the uh, Black Tiger Leg Destroyer's uh, submission and says she's going to use it on her um, at the pay-per-view to win the white belt. Um, semi-main event, uh, Donald Romano versus Cosmic Angels, Julia, Micah, Nasapoy, and Hameka versus Tam, Mina, Unagi, and Waka. Um, this match builds up with uh, uh, sorry. Uh, it builds it with um Micah and Hameka versus Unagi and um Mina. Then it turns into Shuri. It turns to the Tam section. So like it's Tam versus Julia. Then Julia gets in Nasapoi. Then it's Tam versus Nasapoi. Uh, and then Waka gets in versus Nasapoi. And then Nasboy puts away Tam after giving uh, uh, Waka some some near falls, and the crowd's into it. But Nas Tam is I'm sorry, uh, Nasboy ends up putting her away with uh, the twisting dive off the top rope. Um, I end up giving it three and a half. Uh, then the main event, the tag belts: uh, Hazuki and Kaguma versus Ami and Mirai. And I don't know if it's because I already knew the result of this match, um, or whatever else. Or I didn't know the result. I knew who I knew that they retained, but I didn't know the mm-hmm. I didn't know I didn't know the situation and how they won or whatever else. So I'm watching this match and I'm just like 
Damn, they, they built a hot tag on Kaguma. And then they brought in Hazuki. And then they, and then Hazuki's in, and then they built a hot tag on Hazuki for Kaguma to come back in. I'm like, okay, so I guess it's, the finish is going to come down to Kaguma and, uh, I guess, Ami. So the match keeps going. And that's actually what it came down to. Like, it turns into a, a, a singles match between um, Kaguma and Ami and Azumi. I'm sorry, uh, Hazuki and Mirai. So, I was like, okay, they haven't done it. Uh, I'm just, I can't hear the time announcing, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, blah, blah, blah. But I just felt like after a certain amount of time, I was like, God damn, this match is going on long as fuck. And like, I don't feel like they turned up at all. I feel like this shit has been stuck in like second second or third gear for forever. Like, when are they going to get to it? So, at a certain point after building towards two hot tags and then they got, um, and they're getting back towards going to the final stretch with uh, Hazuki and Mariah, I, was, I thought to myself, holy shit, they went to a 30 minute time limit draw to get out of this. And sure enough, sure enough, like they go, all of a sudden I hear like last five minutes, like son of a bitch. And then all of a sudden, now you see Hazuki do uh, do topes and, and whatever else. And then it's MRI and her, and they're throwing these. They're having a big brawl, and and you know they're getting people. They're getting each other in you know uh, submissions, and then it finally gets hot and good or whatever else. And I'm just like, man, I can't believe it with 30 minutes with Ami. There's no point to do this right now. Like y'all should have found another, either found another contestant or, or another challenge set of challenges or whatever else, whatever. So they go to they. They end up, um, Mariah goes for, uh, her finish, the, the, the spinning deal, the Miramai, sh- or, um, uh, uh Mir- shock. Hazuki escapes out, slaps on Hazuki straw, and then the, and then before the pin goes off, you hear the bell ring for 30 minute time limit draw, and I was like, oh my god. Um, so I'm sitting here like, wow, I just watched a 30 minute, three and a quarter star match. Awesome. This was great. <sighs> exactly. I was like, great, this is fantastic. So, um, they they say they want a rematch. They they want to give them a rematch, or no? They say they deserve a rematch. So, and they say they will take the rematch as soon as possible. So they decide, let's do the July twenty fourth pay per view. And I'm like, okay, fine. But it's like, uh, I don't. This was unnecessary. Like this, like. As the point of doing the tournament draw, I set up a rematch, right? But like the point of doing the draw is like you do a match that's so good that people want to see it again. I don't want to see them wrestle again. Uh, so nice. yeah, like I, I felt like this overexposed Ami in in a way to like fifteen minutes is a hard ass for her given her experience level and given it like I, I think it's the wrong matchup for the pun. Like I think that maybe not thirty minutes, but like I think that. Ami and Mariah versus Hameka and Micah is a match that makes more sense for them to go, you know, at length. Not, you know, these two, you know, a power wrestler and a giant versus like two high speed small wrestlers that are both like five one or five two or whatever else. I, it, it, yeah. it's just a weird just position. Like I understand they have the experience angle, they're better technical wrestlers, they make it work and whatever story. But like that story didn't work. They were just going back and forth. Uh, but yeah. Um, Hey, y'all, so this is me punching in in post because I totally forgot to preview the pay-per-view that is, um, I believe, on Saturday. It's the 9th. Um, so I will quickly go through it and uh, get you guys out of here. So uh, Midsummer Champions 2022, July 9th. Um, I can't remember which. It's a weekend show. But uh, the opening with uh, Lady C versus Hina. 
Um, this is a match that I don't remember if it was in the qualifying Grand Prix tournament, but um, two Queen's Quest going at in the opener. This is kind of like, uh, I don't know if this is a pre-show match or not, but like they, these two should have a good match. Um, second match, Hannon versus Waka, as I mentioned on the show earlier, that this is a match where uh, they added this to make it a futures match in... <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see like what happens with it uh, as far as like how good it'll be and how the crowd reacts to Waka in the near falls and everything else and like if Waka actually like looks like she has a chance. I hope it's good just for Waka's sake because I like Waka even though I think she's the weakest wrestler on the roster. Um, next match after that, you have uh, Queen's Quest versus God's Eye, Utami and Amasaki versus Mirai and Ami. Uh, I think this is obviously a match where Ami and Mirai get the win over Amasaki to continue their momentum as the title challengers for July 24th in the rematch versus uh, FWC, but I think this match should be uh, still very good, and I, you know, I like to see uh, Mirai and Utami uh, together in the ring. Uh, I think they have really good chemistry, even dating back to uh, the first singles match they had in Sumo Hall um, back in March. Uh, next match after that, Quattro's match, Stars versus Oedo Tai, Mayu, Hazuki, Kaguma, and Ida versus Saki, Death, Roaka, and Rina. Um, should, be a, should be a good match. Uh, and then with the baby faces going over, uh, cause this is, you know, without, um, kid and Momo, both in white and red belt matches. Like it clearly seems like a setup match, uh, for, uh, the heroes here, but, uh, should be a good match nonetheless. Uh, unless, unless Saki saves a day for the, for, uh, the roster and gets the, the, uh, uh, her revival crucifix pin on Ida. I think that's a, I think that's a lone saving grace for uh, for Ida type. But we'll see what happens. Um, fourth match from the top: Cosmic Colors versus the six wrestlers in Donald Mondo. Now that Tekla will be back this weekend, so it is uh, Tam and Mina and Unagi and Second Saki. And Hakari and Yoko, or sorry, uh, Yuko versus uh, Julia, Micah, Nasapoi, Hameka, Tekla, and uh, Mai. Should be a really good match, elimination match. Uh, I think it's going to come down um, to Tam and Nasapoi. We'll, hopefully, hopefully, and we'll see uh, who comes out on top. But uh, should be a fun match with 12 people just running around and uh, uh, on a pay-per-view setting. So, uh, third from the top, high-speed match between Azumi and Kogo. Um, I feel like this is a big match for Kogo. I feel like she is somebody that could fit into the high-speed division and freshen it up. Even though, you know, she's not experienced as someone like an Azumi or a Starlight Kid or, or... Kaguma, but I think that like her uh, in Tekla, uh, but I think that like her being added in, I think that she fits well. I think that she, you know, some of the stuff she has shown um, in the past month or so leading up to this uh, match has shown that like she kind of is ready for this and she's she's in there with as good of a high speed opponent as you can ask for. So I think they're going to have a really good match. I think uh, I think this 
Matt's going to impress some people with Coco. Or it can blow up my face and you can come back in a week and say, James, what the hell are you doing? But we'll see what happens. I think that um, Coco has a good showing, but ultimately, um, Azumi gets the W and keeps the title. Um, second from the top, White Belt match, Kamatani for Starlight Kid. Um, their match at uh, Osaka um, on Saturday it was meant to be a preview match and you know normally the preview matches or outpost matches that they call them in stardom you see you get this a bit of a singles match in a tag team form and you're just you know i can't wait till they get it on and and uh, go crazy in the ring in a singles match and this one i thought it was fine I, I wasn't that impressed to be honest uh but that doesn't mean that i'm not any less excited to see kamatani and kid um have a big singles match uh, I don't remember what their match was like in the Grand Prix two years ago, but like Kamatani is so much more improved from that point to now. And I think that um, just given what they've done this year, like this match should go off. Um, I think I think this match could be a threat for four and a half stars. I think I think Kamatani has had that that kind of consistency, um, defense after defense, and I think that Starlight Kid is that level of wrestler. I think they're kind of meant for each other it just hasn't happened yet and i think with with starlight kid now you know being a heel like she has been for a year and i think like it just matches perfectly with kamatani and the crash and burn factor with her um i think i feel like you know her uh possibly being grounded with this submission thing is a nice dynamic to um the normal kamatani matches and i think this is gonna be really fun i really do um i honestly think this is like Kamatani's first real threat, someone that can actually like take the belt from her and succeed her. Um, I don't know. You know, if, if it were me, I would put it on a Starlight Kid, and I would get Kamatani ready for a for a red belt title reign in the next two years. Um, but we'll see. I feel like this is like kind of the perfect time to do a title switch. Maybe they're saving it for the fall. I don't know, but. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this match. And I think there's a real possibility where it's up in the air where anyone can win this one. Um, red belt match, Shuri versus Momo. Um, I was talking about this match with uh, JML and JML thinks that um, Momo can really win this. And, you know, for the sake of how good Momo is, um, I, I wouldn't mind it if she won. Because I, I I think Momo's great. I think Momo is at worst the third best wrestler in, in the promotion. Um, even with Utami doing what she did last year, I, I think that highly of Momo. Um, and like I love the hill turn. I love like what her and Kid have done all throughout the year. Uh, basically, just terrorizing the roster <laughs> and uh, and winning belts and 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 losing belts and winning uh, and winning new belts and. Um, finding a way just to be just great antagonists. I just, I just feel like they missed a step with building her up to get to this point. Cause once she turned heel, it felt like that was a natural step was, and she turned heel and sure became champion. Feel like they're naturally going to meet each other this year. It just felt like she needed one little, you know, big win to get her over that hump. And I, I feel like they did the Hazuki um, singles match at, uh, Sumo Hall to be that but I wish it had been like Utami I felt like at the time after Utami came with the belt and um, she was going back to the Queen's Quest and Oedo Tai thing and they set up that best of five series with um, 
where it was naturally Momo in um, Utami that like them going to a draw when it was like a 10 minute time limit is like this natural is going to a, to a draw but like it felt like Momo needed a big win over a big opponent to kind of get herself ready for this um, I don't get me wrong like I love the matches with uh, of um, Black Desire versus FWC I love the, the um, Momo versus Suzuki match um, in Sumo Hall but it just felt like she needed one more thing to kind of tr- like get her over that hump like you know, earlier us talking about uh, Nats Point and Tam, like that win gets Nats Point over that hump. That like, not that she can't win the big one, but like, there's no doubt that like the next time she's in a ma- in a big match, somebody you, that you just know like she's a real threat. And um, I just don't feel that with with um, sh- with uh, Momo versus Shuri. I feel like she feels more like a contender of the month. As opposed to a real threat, like I wish she had been, but um, doesn't doesn't mean the match won't be great. It, I I don't think that means that like it won't be points where I think that Momo puts her away. Um, but ultimately, um, outside of Momo being the transitional champion to get it to um later in the year, Tam or um or Julia, I don't really see it. I don't really see it. Um, but like that. Don't get it wrong. Like this match is gonna be great. I feel like it's gonna be one of the best matches in starting uh, this year. Um, you know, given what they did in the Grand Prix final last year, they have plenty of stuff to work with. Like I feel like this match is gonna be great, and I can't wait for it. Because um, I, I, you know, <laughs> it's a match that like once Shuri came to the company, it's like I can't wait for them to do it, and I can't wait for them to do it again and again and again. And then we're at that point again, and like you know. Uh, Last, uh, the Grand Prix final last year was the first year where, like, they had, like, or the first time they had, like, the match that I thought they could have, but I still think there's room for, for them to have even better match or a match even to that same par. Like, I feel like they have a great match. So I'm excited and, um, can't wait for it to come the weekend. And I can't wait to talk about it next week on, on the show. And, um, that's it for this. I'm just going to punch out and add the end of whatever I said. <laughs> uh, in, in in the show, so uh, I'll throw it to myself from the past. Sounds weird, right? But that's what it is. So throw it, or take it away, James? Question mark. <laughs> that's all I have for Stardom this week. Cool, man. Yeah. So this um, uh, time, that. yeah. Um, good. Wrap it up, then. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, for those that are watching on the stream, go to the PayPal, go to the Cash app, hit us up there. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, go to our website and drop us off a donation. Um, and be sure to listen to the other shows on the network. Besides One Nation Radio, we have uh, Keeping It Strong Style, The Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grumman Watch This Shit, The Grave Consequences, 8 Bit Suplex. All things elite. Uh, great match generator. Get in the ring. Meet. I'm sorry. Uh, meet the press slam and AEW match guy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.